Welcome to the AFL Aholic Show. Your unofficial AFL show starring free unprofessional idiots talking a whole lot of garbage. But if you do enjoy it, make sure you chuck it a like. Welcome to AFL Aholics. My name is Hayden and we are joined by the two loving hosts on uh, my screen at the moment, which is Martin and uh, Tony. And we're also joined this week by a special guest, someone I actually work with, who's in our super coach group, T Swizzle, aka Tyler, aka the human meatball. I don't know why I've gone with that, but he loves Dion Fresca, so I think I'd put him in there. Um, this week we're going to discuss, go back into our gradings, our mid-season gradings, um, discuss last week's results, and get on to this week's results. And uh, we also just want to touch on and say sorry we didn't have a podcast last week we had a family emergency so family always comes first um caroline wilson doesn't really know anything about family so short dig to you caroline and um yeah boys how are we yeah good thanks mate good to be back after having our own little bye week you could call it um and there's so much to talk about even though you know well now the bye rounds are done even for us as well we'll be back for the rest of the season hopefully and, um, yeah, so much good footy action. And Melbourne, we're almost fully out of lockdown. We'll have crowds back at the footy, um, which is exciting, though not as many as we'd like. And, um, yeah, there's some exciting games as well. Yeah, I just want to touch on something. I was actually going to call Tyler the human matchstick, but I went with meatball for some reason. I don't know why. But I just want to recover over that. Is more appropriate. Yeah, so <laughs> I agree. <laughs> just we might as well get him to say good day. Tyler. Yeah. Tyler. G'day, boys. How are you? I think I prefer matchstick than meatball, mate. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I, and then I just had to flow with it, so sorry about that. You could have called me a fucking redhead matchstick or something, but no, you've gone with meatball. <laughs> uh, anything I could think of at the time. And how are you going today, Tony? Yeah, doing well. Um, glad to be back on the show and looking forward to talking about some footy and all the action that happened during the buy rounds. That's it. And don't forget, Hayden didn't mention yet as well, we're going to finish off our mid-season report card. So we've got quite a few left over since we weren't in last week. So we'll try and keep them short and sharp. But there's still, um, yeah, plenty to discuss on that front as well. Yeah, that's it. And uh, what a week it was last week. Obviously a buy round, so it's a smaller round. Uh, only six teams played. No, five teams played. But uh, Five games, you mean? Ten. Teams, oh, yeah, sorry. Ten, yeah. ten teams, five games. Five games played, not six teams or five teams. Um, but yeah, Friday night, beautiful night. What do you think of that one, Martin? Absolute ripper game. So for anyone that was living under a rock and didn't see it, the Mighty Cats um, defeated the Western Bulldogs and it was an absolute ripper game. And the Cats got over the line by five points with Rowan. Um, cool as a cucumber, kicking a goal after the siren and just slotting one through that looked like it almost might miss. Um, directly off the boot, but it came back nicely, and it was just an all-round ripper game of footy. So I wouldn't say the Cats were at their best, but um, playing at home, even though it was only in front of seven odd thousand, uh, it felt like a full house when he kicked that last one. And uh, the Cats just did what they had to to kind of to kind of make it there. It really showed our maturity and um, to win it how we did in the last. Like if you rewatch the last kind of two minutes. Just all the crucial like decision making that was done, and for them to uh yeah to produce it when it really counts against a really quality side in the doggies. Um, there are a few injuries for both sides, but 
yeah, it was a just an incredible game. Yeah. Was what, what's everyone else's thoughts on it? Tight game all around, you know. The the score never really blew out um, from the from the first bounce. So uh, it was a great win to the Cats. I didn't I didn't manage to catch the game, but I managed to catch the last quarter. Sorry, I only managed to catch the last quarter. And uh, yeah, what a way to finish the game. Impressive, so impressive. What, what did you, uh, other boys, think of it? Oh, uh, yeah, the Dogies were going to steal it. Okay, <laughs> yeah, ripper game, but um, yeah, Joel Selwood just disappointing. Like, there's no need for that sort of rubbish. Eye gouge, throw your hand in someone's ear, and stepping on players. Come on, Selwood. If that was Toby oh, Green, you would have loved that. I thought you'd love that, Tony. You're you're Joel Selwood's biggest fan, so I was just waiting for you to uh, give him all the praise that he always deserves. That was Toby Green who did that. He would have been sent straight to the tribunal. Everyone would have been demanding that he gets three weeks suspension. But it's Joel Selwood, so everyone's like, oh, it's Joel Selwood. Just let him off the hook. We'll give him a fine. Stephen Hawking's love child. <laughs> Everyone's Stephen Hawking's love child, in your opinion, that wears the hoops. So. <laughs> well, that's because he does love Geelong. He frosts them. <laughs> Mate, who doesn't? <laughs> They're so good. <laughs> He's catered the rules to favour Geelong. <laughs> oh, he's a man full of integrity, so we all know that's not true. But <laughs> nah, it, was, it, was, it was a good game, and uh, now it puts uh, Geelong in a pretty good spot. You know, sitting third on the ladder now. So yeah, well, there's some big. Um, there's still some big fallout from the game with um, Duncan looking like to miss the rest of the uh, home and away season uh, with that knee, yeah. which looked very innocuous. Um, but. Yeah, it was an all-round great performance. There was some really good... Um, like, the Bont was unbelievable, to give a bit of credit to the Dogs as well. Bont was close to best on ground. Liberatore dominated as well. McRae just did his thing like he always does, and um, Daniel in the back line was producing a lot, but Tom Stewart played one of the best games I've ever seen from a half-back with so many intercept marks. I think it was something stupid, like 10 or 12, and he just... um boss that back line and yeah it was an incredible performance so um yeah it was really good all round really good win and um yeah bring on bring on this week yeah, i will say stewart played an amazingly offensive game however defensively he was very poor as well letting in four goals mm. so yeah there, there was a bit there, but out a bit better that's true but in the end we got the win so I don't think without him, I don't think we would have, um, yeah, we would have got the results. So I'm pretty, I, I personally feel he contributed a lot more than what he conceded in the end. But um, yeah, the, the doggies forward line uh, did quite well. Yeah, it was quite a result. And uh, just some noticeable mentions before we get into like the next big close game. Uh, you did have Port Adelaide going down, at beating the Suns. Very disappointing by the Suns. Um, yeah, North, North, North were in it for a half uh, with the Lions, and the Lions uh, ended up sneaking away. And uh, geez, Carlton disappointing again. 102 to 266. Yeah, bye, Teague. Toby Green, what a barrel. Probably the barrel, best barrel I've seen in a long time now. He put Better than Mitch Duncan. Yeah, he's put Mitch Duncan to shame now. So <laughs> uh, it was a beautiful barrel. And uh, yeah, the game that we mainly also want to talk about is. Hawthorne versus uh, Essendon, 73 to 86. What a game that was. Yeah, in the end, it was the only game on Sunday and it was the only game we needed. It was a blockbuster. Both teams played really well and um, it was an incredibly close contest where you just thought um, the Hawks, you know, might have 
come back, but um, Stringer was just by far um, his best game he's ever played. And um, he was just doing anything he wanted, just pulling out all the tricks, kicking soccer goals, one-handed pickups and fend-offs and goals. It was, to describe it, dusty-like, really. It was was incredible. Yeah, Yeah, I reckon it was um, single-handedly the best like performance that a player has had in the game this year. Like I can't yeah. really think of a better performance that someone's had. Just he was, he was unbelievable. Yeah, he was in the middle. He was up forward. Yeah, Pretty sure he would have cruised down back as well at one point. But um, yeah. that was a, it. Was a really great game. Four goals. Well, he did it all. Twenty-nine touches. Yeah, he did it all, and there's no way Essendon would have won without him. Mm, exactly. No way. Yeah, because they had a few plays that were pretty quiet for them, but he um fully picked up the slack. But I'm sure as Bomber fans would be able to attest, because I actually watched this at the pub with a with a close man of mine, um, who is a Bombers fan, and that's um that's kind of the problem uh, to some extent that we know he has so much talent, but then he'll pull out a performance like that and then the next week, you know, he'll kick no goals and just be a ghost. So it's a matter of um, the consistency. Uh, like I was talking with Tony before the show, he he's playing for a contract. So to some extent, when they're looking for a big payday, I think he's 27, so it'll pretty much be his last, you know, potentially big payday before he tails off. So he'll want to maximise that. But yeah, he dominated the game. It's crazy. I remember us actually talking in a, a couple episodes ago about how people always just when they're out of contract, they just decide to. All of a sudden, like, obviously, like, they want to get a contract, so they're going to play better footy, but I just, it just baffles me that they can't do it all the time, you know, just go back to back, week to week. Like, obviously, there's going to be the grinds in life, and you're going to have your off weeks, but it just always baffles me in, like, an out-of-contract year, they just seem to, like, all of a sudden have more energy than normal. People get complacent. Yeah. They're comfortable. It's yeah. Just... That's true. You've seen, you've seen Zach Merritt and everyone get a new contract. That's no, true. he's gone. Yep, need to pick up my money and kick, you know, four goals, twenty something disposals. Throw one point three mil at that bloke. Well, yeah, they're going to ask us on big. If he was smart, he would have like um, started to play better before um, before Merritt got his contract, because then he could have stolen a bit, a slice of his pie to some extent. Because midfielders are a lot easier to replace than key forwards. So if he did this performance, you know, six weeks ago, I think that potentially might delay Merritt's contract and they would have offered more to him while they still had it in the cap. But, yeah, um, yeah overall, it was just an incredible game. Hyde was really good as well for the Bombers. I remember his running goal that he kicked. He was so fast and he looks better than Saad ever was really yeah, at the Bombers. So it's a big plus that they were able to pick him up. In the offseason and for the Hawks, Mitchell was just his incredible self, kicking a goal and picking up a a whole heap of the ball. And, um, yeah, Impey was pretty good as well. Impey, what a pick-up he's been. He's been grouse for Hawthorne. Being actually really, I guess one, really good this year. Yeah, that's true. And one other thing, I guess, that we can easily discuss to come from uh, the game, I guess, is really all from the weekend, is that the finals race is well and truly alive. So... Um, yeah, when we, ha- when we look at the ladder there, we can see that GWS and um, and the Bombers now are just, you know, one game essentially, both out of the eight. Um, so how, how do you boys see this one shaping up? Um, do you reckon they're a real chance to get in or do you reckon um, it, the ship sailed? Or? It's, it's hard. Like when we do a deeper dive into the gradings, like obviously we can kind of see who they've kind of got in the back end of the season. 
which will yeah. kind of also help me make my decision. But they're definitely they're around there. Like obviously, like they they are where they are. So I mean, like whether they sneak in or not. But um, the only thing I, I can see is if Richmond get a game clear or two games clear of them at one stage, then I think it'll be like a full lock, obviously. Um, and then yeah, the, the big problem with that is who's going to come out. Exactly. That's the big problem. And, or the well, I think team that stands out is probably going to be Sydney, you'd say, but they're two games sure. up in percentage, so exactly. it's going to be very hard to chase that down. They've got a really um, like challenging fixture coming up. Even the next month of footy, I'm pretty sure they play two top four sides. Um, and then they might even play uh, Giants or Essendon. And I know the Giants and Essendon play each other as well. So that's kind of an eight-pointer to some extent. So they're, And once again, like Richmond, you know, it's always easy to see, oh, yep, they'll get on a good run here or there, but only takes them to drop one or two more games. And um, before you know it, their head's on the chopping block as well. So they've left yeah. it late once again in the season like they, they have for many times before. But, yeah, it just takes that one big upset and then who knows. Yeah, and I think the buy came at a good time. We're going to get a couple of soldiers back this week, which is good to see. And then, like, our injury list is probably you know, one of the shortest I can see out there. There's only Lynch uh, and then Kervis, and then you got Prestia and Asprey back in this week. So it's uh, it's a very short list at the moment. There's obviously, two big, big-name players for us, but, uh, yeah. I was expecting uh, Nank to come back um, relatively soon, but he's still two to four listed this week, which yeah, is quite he, disappointing. He had, he had a setback. Yeah. yeah, take it easy. Get him right for finals. Yeah. But we, if you make we, it. we definitely do miss him at the moment. Like he's he's, he's a huge. He's probably our biggest out, um, biggest absentee of the last couple of weeks. Obviously, like Lynch's form all year's just been up and down. So, but um, I think uh, Nankiv has been solid all year round. So he's a huge off loss for. Yeah. Shall we get into the uh, mid-season report cards then, lads? I reckon, and we're going to kick it off. With the pies, with our main man, T-Swizzle, or Matchstick. So we're, so we're clearly starting at the bottom of the ladder then. Yeah. Well, we're going... <laughs> well, we're going to go, like, our Who we have ladder, which was, like, a week and a bit ago. So, uh, obviously, like, these teams are kind of going to be a bit more in different positions because I've got the pies here, but they're actually, you know, above the Suns, who we're also going to discuss. And I've also yeah, got Adelaide, and they're, they're above them too. So, all right, we'll, all right. we'll get into the pies. So Tyler, to help to help him out, we might as well. Unless Tyler, do you have the ladder in front of you, or you want us to read out where they're uh, sitting and all? Uh, they're sitting fifteenth. They went up by percentage. Thank God, to Port Adelaide, which is good. They did indeed. Very lucky. Um, so yeah, they've climbed up. Uh, so they've had they've they've been up and down all year. You know, they've had wins against Carlton, which one of their most impressive wins, I reckon. They're actually able to score, come off defensive half, you know, run and everything. But, you know, when they were playing teams like Adelaide and North Melbourne, they were a bit slower altogether. Yep. But against Melbourne, they were able to, you know, break the defence, switch it and go quick through the corridor, which was actually, you know, good to see in the last game for Nathan Buckley. Is it crazy to see the last two weeks, like the the, the more normal Collingwood I know, like, with injuries and whatnot, like, it's a bit of a different side, but it seems like they're kind of playing more as if, like, they were in the back end of 2018-2019. Yeah, well, you're going back to that, you know, 2018-2019 form where they were able to run it. Yeah, when they were able to run it through the corridor, but they've been just too scared to kick the ball. They've been weak with their kicking, so 
performance has been off and everything. Like, you can't kick well, goals much, if you're not going to get in the 50. How much of that do you attribute to Buckley versus the players not executing or a bit of both? So I, I gave it more to the players than I did Buckley because Buckley can't go out there and kick the footy for them. If they're not going to kick to efficiency, that's, that's not much you can do. If they're not going to kick to the 50, then you can't blame it all on Buckley. You, yeah, it's true. Would you say to that, be honest, would you, would you, <laughs> I just got more of a comment. I got more yeah, of a comment. Yeah, 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 I'll yeah, just yeah. throw it in. Um, to some extent, looking at the pies before the last two two games where they had wins, to be honest, Buckley probably could get a run, run out there and he'd probably be in one of their best. Uh, he'd, he'd be getting the three Brownlow votes every single week, <laughs> that man. Oh, mate, you get three Brownlow right. votes for the misses he's dating at the moment. Oh, yeah. Take a trip <laughs> All right, go with your question now, Hayden. <laughs> um, I had a question about game plan. Um, yeah, do you reckon you'd still be around if they played the same game plan they did in the last two weeks? For like the last six weeks at least? Yeah, look, I'm, you know, as a supporter, I'll always be with them. But, you know, I hope in the next couple of weeks they can show they can actually play a good brand of footy. Like under the new coach, under Robert Harvey, they can, you know, do a more flowing game, more, you know, pressure game. But is, that what you ex- is that what you expect from Harvey, though? Do you have any expectations? Because we did have Noodles on, um, I believe, in the last episode. And, um, yeah, he gave us a bit of insight from listening to some of the talk backslash some of the older blokes or some of the word on the grapevine about him as a manager or a manager of young men and everything. So, yeah, do you have any expectations for the new coach, Robert Harvey? Well, I have a little bit of expectations, but he's, from what I've heard, it's more all the stuff he's trying to bring in is trying to go quick, quicker than what we are, and also putting more pressure on, so more tackles and everything like they were last week. Oh, not last week, but when they played Melbourne. Yeah. Which was exciting to see. But it's also good to see us, Scott Selwood, also get promoted to assistant coach. So that also helps out which he was working with the midfield. Yeah. Well, as a player, he came from a really good club, so... Oh, exactly. He's one of, he's one of the good family of the Selwoods. Unfortunately, they have a goal in there, but... <laughs> yeah. It's better than Geelong. Very nice. Uh, and just to give everyone like, a bit of a wrap at the moment, Collingwood's currently sitting in 15th of 89. Who would you say is their best player, Todd? Depends when you're looking. Like I would have said, Grody, I would have said, you know, Grundy, but you know, since he's been out for the last couple of weeks, I'd have to go more. But now you can't say more because he's out for the season. <laughs> so it's like every time you think you're going to get, a new, you know, a good player for the whole year, seems to just, you know, disappear. Probably my most consistent has been, you know, Darcy Moore once he went back in the defence line. He was looking like he was back into his form. You know, don't take him out. That's what I said every single week. But, you know, you've got to try something else when nothing's working. Well, you got the best centre-half back in the league. Just aim there. Yeah. Then we've also got Jeremy Howe to come back in two, two to three weeks. So, Exciting. Which I was hoping he'd come back in the next week or two, but can't rush him. Especially with all the injuries he's had back-to-back. That's it. And if there was a player this year that you'd think is probably their most important. 
Uh, I'd have to say John Noble or Josh Dacos getting more midfield time. I think that's a great call. I think I think uh, going off Josh Dacos anyways more than Noble. Like I know Noble's been very solid off the halfback, but Josh Dacos he's he started to become like one of those players that are a bit of a game winner. Also, like he's got that mentality of the drag the side back in sometimes and uh, very efficient with his. He's a Macedonian marvel, mate. If if Dacos is the uh, is the match winner, you can see why they've only won four games. So, and those two coming in the last it's half right. of those coming in the last two games. The one the one thing every Collingwood supporter is looking forward to is Nick Dacos. Yeah, that's We're all true. Looking forward to Nicky, and he's gonna he's gonna win a Brownlow in his first year. <laughs> My big prediction. We bigger than Raul. <laughs> Hopefully, that's what everyone says anyway. As long as he doesn't get injured, who knows? There's always hope. That's the thing about being a footy supporter. There's always next season. There's always another kid coming through. Oh, exactly. Let's see how it plays out. That's the good thing about Collingwood. I think they've done, they haven't done well in the off season, but they did good during the draft section, picking up all six kids that you know, you're setting towards your future, which at the start of the year, they sent out an email saying that was their plan. They want to you know, look towards the future, three to five years, get to you know, young kids. And go from there. I thought of what I heard was in round three or four. No, we're still aiming for top eight, and we're still that, oh, the new, mate, that, yeah, that <laughs> new was president. Before, who was it? It was the new president. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he came out and said that. I don't know what he was thinking. What he smoking? More like it. He, he said three. He said two weeks ago. Yeah, no, we're actually looking for you know four to five years for you know we try and get finals. Just contradicting himself. <laughs> Hey, hey, Tyler, what's going on with Mason Cox? Why isn't he getting the game? True. Look, the reason he's not getting the game is because um, Cameron's in the forward line. <laughs> Cameron's been playing amazing ever since he's been in that forward line. Kicking two, two goals a game. He's, Darcy Cameron's just been perfect. You can't take him out if he's in hot form. He's very uh, off-footy smart. I guess it wouldn't be that hard, though, over an American. Hey, yeah, exactly. Is Mason Cox going to get traded then? Uh, look, I think I don't think he will because he brings too much popularity to Collingwood from America. I think they're br- keeping him for that such reason. I but, can see him doing really well at another club, to be honest, if they play him the right way. Yeah, I thought he was going to get traded last season to Essendon because there was a lot of rumours about it, and it wouldn't it would make sense because they need a new twelve forward. But you know, none they don't really need one now. So, how old is he? He's 27. Okay, so, so he's, three, he's too young for Geelong. He's for too sure. young for Geelong. Maybe in three or four three, years. Three more, three more years before he can retire. Maybe, maybe if he learns how to play football, we might look at him. I, if you need someone to beat Richmond, though, Martin, you can call it Mason Cox. You can take him. Yeah, because <laughs> you seem to take in every other play that Richmond's beat in finals, so... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jeremy Cameron, he was a gun in that uh, GWS ground. <laughs> he kicked one goal and was never seen again. Pretty sure that was the only GWS goal. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy your laugh, boys, because we've seen him play uh, pretty well in the hoops. He's uh, bigger and better than ever. So looking forward to seeing what he can do this final series. Yeah, that's it. everyone's different. In- yeah, I don't think he's ever actually had a dominating game in finals yet. So. We'll see. First time for everything, mate. Especially when he's getting the supply and has the support of Tom Hawkins. He hasn't had anyone else anywhere near as 
quality is that, giving him the assists and uh, helping him uh, get on the scoreboard? Cough, cough, Toby Green. Oh. <laughs> the other thing is he was also in, good. He was in the Ferrari, mate, of a team. So, And now he's in the... Um, do anything, mate. Now he's in the yeah. old Volvo that's team left. that's plugging along <laughs> pretty nicely. Mate, he's left. he's left to go get a premiership. So just wait and see what happens. Pretty sure Jeremy Cameron would prefer Lockie Whitfield and Josh Kelly hitting him out rather than Dangerfield and who about Guthrie. They just well, how did that work for him ball. against you boys in the grand final? Exactly, um, yeah, because Cameron exactly. didn't perform. Well, how did uh, how was Hawkins receiving him in the grand final against us? Anyway, we are running a little bit off course. We should finish off this um <laughs> this report card. And um, we'll just look at the ladder, uh, where everyone is, and right, that can uh, uh, settle the debate for where we are. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, Tyler, my spiritual leader at... Uh, oh, it's going to be Brayden Maynard. Yeah? Just brings as, soon as, he, as soon as he's pumped up, the whole team's pumped up. Saw him on the, when we took on Melbourne, he was playing his hardest. And so was the whole team. Pressure was up, everything was up. Yeah, and even like even though cool. he's lost after the sign to um, Brisbane, you know, it was him versus seven players at one stage. In a scuffle? Yeah, he, he just likes to punch on with Mitch Robinson. <laughs> every, every time. <laughs> he, he seems to punch on with Mitch Robinson every single time we meet Brisbane. I don't know why. Uh, I think we all know why. I think it's two hot heads going head to head with each other. Yeah, I know, but if you're going to hit him, at least fucking knock him out. <laughs> really. Bring, bring the UFC to the AFL. Exactly. At least so in Tyler, a couple weeks. Sure, uh... What's your second half expectations then for the Pies? Uh, I'm, I'm more looking towards the young kids, like Caleb Poulter, who's been playing amazing. Uh, you've got Bo McCurry, who just came back, and you know he's a good small forward to help out Jamie Elliott in the forward line. And then we still how many wins? Oh, I think we'll at least, Put a we number. should surely get at least three wins. Oh, okay. That's three like, wins. Mm, so we've, Well, you're on four at the moment, so I, I, think, I think you need to aim higher. I think Depends three, because, yeah, we have got a lot of top eight sides in the back end of our year. Oh, really? We've, we've played, you know, North Melbourne. We've got Hawthorne, which I do believe hopefully we can get the win, but you never know. Mm. Um, but then you've got, like, a couple other teams which usually play well against, like, Richmond. Like, there's always that small chance that Collingwood always pulls something out because it's always a tight contested game between the two. Yeah, and there's no point for Collingwood to try and tank this year either because, well, obviously yeah. their draft pick's tied up. Yeah, we get, well, and we gave our first-round pick to GWS. Mm. So and whatever you've also, got, get, um, get. you've also got Fremantle this week in Melbourne, so that's a very winnable game. The bookies have yeah. your favourite. So. And then we got St Kilda the week after, so we, I was hoping we'd go four in a row, and then wow. I think we've got Port Adelaide after that. Oh, no, we've got someone else, but... All right, then finally, um, what do you give them their mid-season grading? That's probably a D to D minus. Yeah. Yeah, there are a couple games they showed, you know, good play, but then you don't know what Collingwood's going to turn up each week. That's fair. Where do you reckon well, thanks for that, Tom. Where, where, where do you reckon they're lacking, though? Uh, the confidence. confidence. Confidence to kick the ball into the 50, confidence to kick a ball to someone. Even just to give that transition handball, just quickly run the ball quick. I think that's a great call. Oh, awesome. Well, that, 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 was, a, that was a good summary of uh, Collingwood. Thank you very much. All right, boys, we'll get into the next one. That's Adelaide. We've got Adelaide at the moment. They're sitting in 12th position. Uh, they've got five wins on the board, 
86.9%. Um, they're traveling all right. Um, overall review, I actually think they've actually done really well this year, considering they deemed themselves in a rebuild, uh, I think it was last year or the year before. I can't remember now. Um, but, yeah, how do you think they've all been traveling? Yeah, I think you summed it up pretty well. Um, no one had really any high expectations of them after last year where they only won a handful of games, if that. Um, but, yeah, they came out and started the year on fire, winning a few games and then have continued on with their form, beating, obviously, Melbourne in a big upset um, and then also winning recently in a big comeback against St Kilda. So I think, yeah, they've had a great start to the year. Don't forget when they uh, beat the Cats in round one, which was a huge start, which really was a big wake-up call kind of for the competition to some extent, and they started absolutely on fire. What did they win, like three games in a row or something like that at the start of the year? And then I think they dropped off, and then they've got those last two wins out of the last kind of five. Yeah, Yeah, they won three of the first four. Yeah. yeah, and I think at the start of the year, the whole bringing in that uh, man in the mark will also call a couple of sides off um, guard at the start of the year. So that win against Geelong, I think you put them up against them now, it'll be a different result. But I think great because I think they went 13 rounds uh, defeated in the last year. You know, like they, they didn't get their first win until about round 13, round 14 or something like that. So for them to get wins early on the board and at the halfway point of the year, Beyond five wins, I think they've definitely turned it around. They've got definitely got more potential. Tex Walker's a new man. They're just looking great. That's true. That's true. Um, I'm happy to call one out here in terms of best player. Um, if we're going for Mr. Consistency, then you've got to go with like Rory Laird. But in terms of um, someone else that's been super consistent for them this year that some people might not even know about that, you can almost argue it could be uh, most improved, but depending, um, yeah, who we want to go for is uh, Ben Keys as yeah. well. He's yeah, I was going to put him as my most improved. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I reckon that's a good chat. Like to some extent, you can almost argue uh, Taylor Walker's their most improved from last season, but yeah, we know he exactly. has that kind of quality where it looked like he was on the scrap heap. So for him to be able to come out and do what he's done, and is he still right up there in the uh, in the Coleman race? Yeah, I think he I think is. He's um... leading it. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. And, and, so. and, oh, no, he's second behind McKay. He's second behind McKay. Yep. And then, yeah. but even Tex, like, I'd probably put him as my spiritual leader, you know. I think when Tex yeah, is about, sure. Adelaide's about, you know. Yeah, so Rory 100%. Sloan is 100% yeah. their spiritual leader. Yeah, you yeah, saw yeah. when Rory Sloan wasn't in the team, that, that, that was when they had a yeah. really rough patch faded away. Sloan came back, I think, for the Melbourne game, and they all just lifted, like, yep. 20%. Well, and, and when the game's on the line, you see Rory Sloan drag his team. He just fights for every ball, makes sure he's at every contest, and, yeah, they all just lift alongside Rory Sloan. Yeah, I agree. I kind of think they're a bit of a dynamic duo in, ter- in terms of spiritual leaders, like him and Tex. But also, like, you could see from the documentary, like, how much Lone wanted it and how much he wanted to be out there. So I completely agree with you there, Tony. got to say, that was a fantastic analysis from Tony. And before the show, he said he didn't know what a spiritual leader is. But, um, wow, that was a fantastic explanation. He's a captain. Like, isn't a captain usually a spiritual leader? Not always. What about Matheson at, at Brisbane? Anyway. He can't be a spiritual leader if he's not getting the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got dropped this week, actually. <laughs> All right, so what do you boys expect um, from the second half of the season from Adelaide? Um, second Just to half. continue playing the kids, be competitive, and if they can win a couple of games, then that's a positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah I reckon um, just having a quick look here, and 
doesn't look like uh they have some pretty hard games coming up. Oh, it's pretty much a, a pretty even draw, you know. You got your tough and your easy. So I think uh, pretty pretty similar to what they are now. I think they probably finish the round at uh, the end of the year, maybe eight to ten wins, a um, couple more wins, and yeah, I think I think they're looking. I, th I think they're looking good in their rebuild, and they're definitely um, looking promising for future years. So on saying that, the second half expectations, I'll go straight into my grading. I'm actually going to give them. I reckon I'll give them a B, B plus for how they've been this year. Good shout. I think when we look at these uh, mid-season grading, it's all about expectation. And we were expecting them to be bottom, you know, two, three kind of thing above maybe, yep. you know, your North Melbourne and your Hawks that you yep. knew were going to dive down the uh, the ladder. But um, no, they've they've been really impressive. So yeah. I think a B, B plus is a, is a really good rating. And uh, yeah. I wholeheartedly agree with you there, Hayden. Because I definitely have... I definitely think they've expected at gone past expectations. Past. But yes, that's the word. Um, sorry for my bad English, but it's <laughs> um, they've definitely gone past their. Well, can't even remember what you said now. Um, <laughs> my bad. They've exceeded expectations. That's it. That's the word I wanted yes. to use. But <laughs> I, I couldn't give them an A just basically because, like, if it was an A, it'd just be something like, "Wow, how are they exactly. doing so that well?" That should be you know in the mean? top like, eight. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. But eight. but. I think that's a fair grading on them. Yeah, that's that... it. And what about um to mention as well, Kane Corns, what a flog at the start of the year, saying that's the worst list that they've had for like ten years or the worst list ever. And for them to start the way that they did and him to still harp on about how crap they were and everything, yeah. I think was overly harsh and him just chasing uh headlines, just trying to make clickbait out there for people to listen to him. I know, yeah, we do, I know we do Dickhead of the Week, but surely that guy's Dickhead of the Year nearly every year, isn't he? Up there uh, yeah. with Caroline Wilson. That's what he's aiming take, for. Just take no notice to what he says, because he just talks absolute rubbish. Uh, look, look, I do listen to him on SEN. Like, sometimes he does actually say stuff that I go, oh, I like him on there. Fair enough. Yeah. Like, but I also like, he brings a bit of controversy, but then like, when he obviously talks about our teams, I just get my back up a bit. I'm like, you idiot, you got no idea. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, it's, it's weird, yeah. It's like I'm like 70% against him, but then he'll say with something, I'll go, yeah, that, that makes sense. Uh, well, well, he has his um, favourites that he likes to pick on. Like, he hates yeah. Damien Hardwick in Richmond. He hates Dangerfield. Uh, he hates Adelaide. And so, oh, yeah, maybe he, hates, he hates Collingwood. Yeah, yeah any chance he has to sink the boots in, he will do it. He, Eddie Maguire he hates as well. Just... He goes for the big clubs, doesn't he? He goes for like the big names and then obviously being the rival of um, Port Adelaide, to, he goes for Adelaide a fair bit. So yeah. you, you, don't, you don't let him wear the prison bars and he gets real angry. <laughs> That's it. All right. Well, that, that was our quick wrap up on Adelaide. We're going to get on to the Gold Coast Suns now. Yeah. Uh, my honest opinion is I think they've been pretty disappointing. They're sitting at the moment 16th. I kind of had them going a bit higher this year, myself personally, on expectation. Um, 16th with only four wins, a pretty low percentage in 86.3. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'd have to say agree in terms of uh, a lot of people. Not that we expect them, you know, to make finals or anything, but we expected them to show something and show some growth. I thought that would be and, a nice um, tent, like in my honest yeah. With the With the talent that they we all know they have on that list, um, it, they have been extremely disappointing. And as the week kind of roll on, like the last, you know, month or so has just been extremely disappointing. You know, they get a good win, like win of the season to some extent where they beat the Hawks 
Um, I believe it was at the G and they very, very rarely win at the G and you expect them like that kind of performance to happen more frequently, like not every week. Um, but yeah, just for them to, you know, show some real fights, show some real grit. I feel sorry for the supporters that are actually trying to back them in, go to their games week in, week out, and just to be constantly disappointed. And, um, no matter what, they're always going to be compared to GWS because they came in at around the same time. And for them to have not even made finals yet and not look like they're anywhere near it, um, yeah, it's just super disappointing. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I concur with exactly what you said. Uh, best player for them, I've kind of got two in mind, but... Uh, I'm oh, not, there's I'm one. Not... There's one undoubtedly who is their best player and oh, well, he's we so on... underrated within the league. Are we going Took Miller or are we going... Yeah. Wood? I got Miller all the way. Yeah, took Miller. Yeah. Oh, what about Brandon Ellis? Oh, he's been he's been playing pretty well this year though. I'll, yeah, I'll... he's been alright, but he's not their uh, best player when you compare no. it to yeah, to Took. Yeah. Took Took. He's been uh, Took Took Miller's definitely took, the best yeah, player. Took's definitely had the his best season there also. Been there in his whole career, so What's yeah. Yeah. he's been underrated. If he was doing that at a Melbourne club, we'd be raving about him. Yeah, exactly. Brandon Ellis has been their second best. Yeah, but even Ben King's up there. He's fifth in the Coleman. Yes. He's what thirty-four goals. Uh, he's missing his shot. Set shot in front of goals oh, really let him down. Like if he was kicking straight, he'd be leading the Coleman, and he should be, to be honest. Um, he probably but, should be, but he's doing better than his brother. Couldn't kick yeah, goals but, save his life. But that's still not the uh, not the best benchmark to go. Oh, he's doing better than his twin brother. You know, <laughs> there's still relatively high expectations when you get drafted high, and you've got all those. You know, you're athletic, you're tall, you've got the mark, and everything like that um there there's still there's a lot of to some extent semi-unfair pressure um on him individually but like players like for example rankin should really be staying at lift mm. um Lukosius has been quite poor this season when we know the quality that he can produce um yeah and there's a bunch of other i guess passengers just in that side that that really need to lift uh, just going off what you just said there, Tyler, that he's doing better than his brother. I also want to just rate Harry Mackay doing better than Ben Mackay in the goal kicking. He's um absolutely <laughs> been tearing him up this season. Smashing him. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, all right, well, most improved. most improved. It would have to be Took Miller, wouldn't it? Like he, he's... Nah. Oh, he's been pretty consistent improved. the last yeah. couple of years. That's what I mean. He's underrated, exactly. I'd go with Bose for sure. Yeah, he burst Bose. onto the season this this year. And was absolutely dominating. He was in all Australian form before he got injured, and then since he had quite a lengthy layoff, and he's been slow to kind of find that match fitness and find that touch back at the ball. So he's been quiet the last couple of weeks. But no, that's a great shout. I'd say Anderson as well has been very good. I also think Will Powell too. He's been very good like last five six weeks. Yeah, can his game off the half back. That's fair. They just need like. Yeah, they just need a bit more off some of their other players. If they had just more support, and to be honest, they have been smashed by injuries, but a lot of teams have this year. Like, you know, there's so much unfairly almost waiting on Rao's shoulders, and because they see a glimpse, they're just hoping, you know, he'll be Gary Ablett for 15 years there and carry them yep. to the top of the ladder or to finals, but not not meant to be just yet. That's it. And, and speaking about Rao, would you guys put him under the spiritual leader? Because when he's there, they're a different side. Nah. So who we say is um? Well, I think they've only had five yeah, well. in his place. 
I'd, I'd say Greenwood or Miller. Yeah. 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 Miller's the captain. He's the only one who really runs hard both ways. So that's true. He's the only one that can kind of hold his head up high. But at the same time, you need more than just Miller in order for them to win a game because he oh. does everything he can. Sam Collins is another one. He could be a spiritual leader in defence. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Cool. All right, well, what are you, what's your second half expectations? Uh, I'll leave this one with you, Tony. Yeah. Just to improve a lot in the first half. Just, yeah, you just want to be competitive in games. You don't want to see them get blown out. That's um, true. Put in that yeah. effort. Yeah, play the, win. play the youngsters again, similar to Adelaide. Try and pinch a few wins. But, yeah, just remain competitive. Um, and hopefully Rao can play out the season and not pick up another injury. Don't fly the white flag. All right, what have, what have we got in as a grading? F. I have to go. E. <laughs> Close to D, D, D minus. A fail for me. Oh, they've yeah. been a fail, 100%. But... Oh, we always oh. have so much standards. That's it. All right, well, exactly right. now we'll get onto another team that's definitely struggling and has been a lot of talk in our podcast. This uh this year, so uh we're going to get on to Carlton. They're sitting fourteenth. They had like every That's other year, yeah. <laughs> like like <laughs> like the last four years, have had all this expectation that they're going to come out and make finals. They're coming. And they're coming. They're coming. They're coming. It's we're make waiting finals. for a decade, mate. Two decades like, now. It, it's kind of like it's coming back to England. You know, it's just it's just is it going <laughs> to ever come? Like it's um, who knows? You know. So at the moment, they're sitting with four wins. 90%, um, and, geez, they're, they're on a losing streak at the moment themselves. Um, Basket case. My overall overall review on them is, well, Jesus, the hell. <laughs> like, like I, I'm actually kind of speechless on them. Honestly, who's worse, them or Gold Coast? I think Carlton. I think for Carlton. Sure. Like, I, I, like I, I think the expectation, expectation is yeah, yeah, it is. Mm. It's like if it... Like, it's, they it's, sign up all the big players. Yeah. They talk about how there's improvement, but it's the same story every week. They come, they fail, they talk them up. Um, we go, all right, would and you then say, they come back and they fail again. Would you say because they're kind of more under the spotlight in Melbourne compared to like Gold Coast would be different? Like they expect. Oh, different. for sure. Well, like when you're a club that has like the potential to have a hundred thousand members. While, you know, the Suns are in a developing market, they've always been on the back foot, they've got no history, while Carlton are one of the big sides of the AFL and, you know, having won the equal most premierships, um, they've always had that expectation and they've tried to change so much. So the review that's being brought forward, um, they kind of had to do something like that because they can't, it's unacceptable where, where they are. And um, heads are going to roll. There's already been uh, one, more than one. Um, one of the assistant coaches went, which kind of had to happen because uh, he's been there for a while and um, you can't just keep firing the head coach, um, which they've been known to do in the past. And they've gotten rid of a lot of good footy people from there. Um, yeah, and when you bring in players like Saad and uh, Zach Williams and they fail, then, you know, or so far they've been somewhat of a failure they haven't met expectation for the pay packets that they're paying then what else can you say but yeah carlton another wasted season yep 100 percent um best player would we go on sam walsh on this one yeah i'm gonna say walsh yeah walsh or mckay 
Yeah. Oh yeah, Makai is definitely. I'd probably go Makai then, and then most improve. I'll go Walsh. Yeah. Well, kind of both. Or both, you can go you know? the other way. Yeah. You can, yeah. Kind, you of go both can kind of go both. Yeah. Both most improved and both best. They've definitely uh, had a great year. Spiritual leader. I don't think they have one. That's probably their biggest problem. Yeah. That's actually a great call. Got no leadership on field, and that's why they go to poo. Well, you could almost say Crips is, and because Crips hasn't been good this year, really, that's why they haven't. Well, let's performed. let's say Crips of previous years. This hasn't really fucked. Yeah. yeah. If anyone had Sam Walsh, but he's, yeah, he just leads more on field. He doesn't seem like he's a big talker or. He's so young. Boys. He's yeah. Still, like just finding, you know, he's trying to get his form right, and then even last week when he got tagged. You'd hope, you know, some other players would stick up for him and go help him out, but just left him in the lurch to kind of struggle, battle through, and, yeah, the result went as expected and, and I think, because of that. I think we're going to see a lot more of him getting tagged, so I expect a little bit of a decline in his game because, obviously, well, obviously, we know anyone who gets tagged the first couple of times, it takes them a while to adapt to a tag. Is a whole different new role they've got to learn to adapt to. The other um, spiritual leader, actually, that I could throw up there would be Eddie Betts. I think when he plays really well and he turns it on, everyone else gets up and about. Yeah, exactly. What's yeah, that's a good call. Not getting the ball that he needs all the time. All right, what do you guys think will happen second half of the season for the poor Blues? Lockie Plowman will return to their team and be their saviour. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord's Wow, they're clutching at straws. Um, look, their back end of the season is actually a pretty easy run. Um, other than they've got Geelong and Port. They got, <laughs> uh, got Colling. They got Collingwood. They've, they've got Dockers, easy. Collingwood, North Saints, Suns, um, and they're, they're the easy ones. And then other than that, it's Port yes. and Geelong. So sounds relatively favourable. If they if they hit a bit of form, you know, if somehow yeah. Williams pulls his finger out and you know a couple of their players hits some good form. Because exactly. the other thing is, when you actually look at some of the key people within the side, like key pillars, they've got some really good players in there. Like they've oh. got the Coleman medalist um, or the leading, you know, we should say leading the Coleman medal. Exactly, they've got amazing like Weidering won their best and fairest last year. Then you look, Walsh has lifted to another level this year. Cripps is on it about the mark. Um, you've got supporting with like Kerno. Doherty's finally back in that back line as well to give him some run. Then you throw in the other one. You can see why people have kind of, to some extent, overrated them. I think, but then that's where you go, where, where's it gone wrong, you know? I think, I think it's a bit... They don't play as a team. Yeah, uh, yeah they don't yeah. play as a team. I think the B graders go missing a bit. Um, these top draft Too many passengers. Yeah, too many passengers. Um, also, I think they're really lacking their ruck. Like they, they need. So, like don't get me wrong. I more think than Pitnet. Exactly, Pitnet's all right, it's but they need. They, they probably need a second ruck almost too. Oh, they're they're not probably need to be focused. That's their problem. Then yeah, they don't play team defense. And uh, yeah, that they have their lack. Uh, they have their lapses. Where they just how much yeah, of that comes up. down to the coach then versus the players? I don't know. Like, and this is the discussion, and I've heard on plenty of radio stations this week about them is. Is it the lack of effort or is it the fitness? And then they talk about they've got the best fitness coach there now. And, and it, so that they just don't know. Is it the effort or is it the fitness that they're just... Altitude of things, it, potentially. It's just, it's just so, effort and attitude. Like you see like a player, like their backline, Williams, Saad, Doherty, they all want the ball. They don't want to 
hold like, yeah. yeah, they don't want to defend. They all want to be it's on the outside and get a handball receipt. That's true. It's all more individual footy and things that look good instead of working hard. But then that kind of does, to some extent, come down to the coach. But remember, he got the job for a reason, where he was the caretaker, wasn't it, last year or year before even now? And then when he did it, he impressed so much and they played such a different style. Um, from Radham, was it, at the time? Or someone else? No, um, what's his name? Yeah, Bolton. That's it. Yeah, and um, because of that, they gave him the job. And now, you know, it's just gone by the wayside or the or the new, you know, that new car smell has worn away and the new car feel. Well, I think it comes from the top. I think the um, the board really need to take a good hard look at themselves. And that's why I think they're doing an internal review at the moment. So, And the recruiters. Look at how many top draft picks they've had and wherever they ended up yep. to some extent. And like, you know, we'll, ne- we'll never know. The board don't have an influence on the team. Oh, but they still they, structurally like the culture and the people that they hire. And they, they're the ones that have got to keep them accountable. Like, end of the day, they don't train them and they don't, you know, pick the individual players, but they still have a big enough influence going, hey, someone, the buck has to stop somewhere. And exactly, ultimately, yeah. they're responsible for who the coach is. I mean, like, they've gone the for football Ratton, program. and now T's on the chopping block, too. It's got to come from somewhere also. It can't just always be the coach copping yeah. it, too. All right, so let's get down to a rating, guys. Um, an F. Yeah. 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 Big fat well, F this year. Um, yeah, the expectation and everything. My, my expectation is maybe they string a couple games together in the back end, but they obviously won't have a damage enough to do anything towards finals. Um, I could might, see them getting a handful of wins. I, I feel like they could get a handful of wins, but like some of the sides that come up to are anyway. probably going to – it's just – Nothing games, you know what I mean? Like, they've actually... Yeah. Looking at the back end of the season, like, they don't really have anything to look forward to. And either do their fans, like... Do they also have nothing to lose to some extent where exactly. they could play with a bit more freedom, hopefully? Or yeah. just depends, like, really... I think it go- comes down to the players going, hey, are you willing to actually give it a real crack? And the the coaches have got to be a bit more tough and start to drop some big names, you know, if they're not performing and doing the defensive stuff that they need to kind of... They could almost build their game off that or... Think, you know, I think the thing that happens is though, like, the, I think, uh, don't quote me on this because I could be wrong, but just from memory, I feel like they've always kind of in the back end of a year, like, stringed a couple games together, and then like people go, oh yeah, this is what we're looking for, and then that raises the expectation for the following yeah. year, and then they do the same thing, they just drop off, and then they do the same thing at the back end of the year again, and and it just keeps, it's just this disgusting cycle for a Carlton fan. Look, I could be wrong. I, I, I don't have any stats here that say they play better I, I in the yeah. yeah, I think you're spot on the money there, Hayden. But, yeah. All right, well, let's move on. Uh, we're going from Carlton now to a team that I think is at a great return to um, form in Essendon. They're sitting currently 10th at the moment on 24 points. Percentage, a healthy percentage, to be honest. Um, looking at, like, even the top six. Uh, they're on 108 at the moment, which, you know, they could be in sixth position with that um, percentage. Six wins, seven losses. Um, I mean, a year, two years ago, we thought, geez, they were down and out and had nothing to really look forward to. They lost a couple of good players in side and whatnot. And, you know, I think uh, they've definitely turned it around. And um, my overall review, like, and obviously we're kind of talking about expectation. I had them bottom three this year and to see them basically pushing finals at wow. the moment, I um I definitely think they're doing really well this year. I mean um Maybe I wouldn't have four. had them as 
I was going to say bottom three, bottom four. I expected them to be challenging for the eight, personally. Uh, it was always going to be like to see who's going to go support, you know, Merritt there in the middle and who's going to pick it up in the four. There was a lot of question marks around the team. But, um, yeah, the, I think first half of the season, more so the last month or last kind of six weeks, they've been really impressive with the wins, you know, only losing to the Tigers um, in the last kind of five games. And then just before that, losing to Carlton would have been really disappointing. And you look at that, where they've had a couple um, relatively close losses. If they snag one more of those, as it stands, you know, they'd be kind of sitting in the eight so um, or very close to the eight. Uh, equal points at least. So, yeah, I think um, they've had a really big turn of form because I remember when we had Lachlan on early in the year and it was when they were pretty much at the lowest point of their season and they did kind of just cop it. And then, um, but then after that, they've kind of really turned a corner. You know, it's the first full season for, um, for what's his name, their, their coach? Um, ben, um, Trump. Yeah, yeah. So, and so I'm sure he's to some extent really still finding his feet, working his way through it, getting it, building a connection with the with the team, and getting some things structurally right. And I think they've made a few really good moves, like moving Parish into the midfield, who's oh, been unbelievable. Um, even Heppel moving to the back line, and um, yeah, some other players kind of lifting. Yep. Yeah. So no, they've been impressive. Spiritually, as a whole, they've actually been. For sure. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
has been great. Um, my oh, spiritual leader. Oh. Who are you guys got as a spiritual leader? Tip of 40. Yeah, Tip and Woody, actually. I didn't even think of that. That's a great call. Yeah, when he kicks, when he's up and about, and when he, he played that one unbelievable game. What did he kick, like five or six goals or something in the West? I can't remember where it was, but he was I think it was against Collingwood, he went back there. He, ah. kicked four, he kicked four goals on Collingwood, <laughs> and four goals the week four, so he went back-to-back weeks. Yeah. Kicking four. And, four. yeah, every time, every time he starts kicking goals, they, they seem to be on the money. Yeah, I think there was a stat, like, I might be wrong now, but if he's kicked multiple goals in a game, I think S&M win. Oh, really? Yeah. That's a good, sticky little stat there. I like that. Yeah, the only other one I could kind of call out based on the weekend's game, if more than anything, would be Stringer. You know, if he can turn it on like that, but he hasn't done that consistently enough. But if he played like like that over the weekend, he just picked them up and lifted them over the line and carried them on his back and was unbelievable. Yep. Um, now, second half expectations for this team. Um, I think um, I think they're going to challenge for the eight. I actually think they're really going to push um, Sydney, in my opinion. So I think they could easily match, I guess, what they've done in the first half of the season and considering the form that they've got. So if they can get, you know, six more wins out of the last, you know, how many games left? Uh, one, two, three, four. Eleven? Eight, seven. No, nine. 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 So if they can get, if they only lose three more for the rest of the year, I think that'll be more than enough to get them in. Um, but you know, it depends how they, if they can snag, you know, a big upset against well, they, whether it be a Melbourne this week or when they play GWS, that'll be huge. And if yeah. Swans drop a couple, they'll be right there. Well, if they if they to drop three, the only three that you can like kind of let them off with is probably Melbourne, Geelong, and um, Bulldogs. Other than that, they're they're all pretty gettable. Um, yeah, the, the, and even those games are gettable, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Like anyone on their day, obviously. Um, but yeah, no, they're definitely they're definitely in that contention. Hundred percent agree. Um, so their second half expectation for me is either just the eight or just out the eight. Like I, I think they're definitely that eight or nine position. I don't. I, I still. I, I rate them a bit higher than GWS at the moment. Just I don't know something about them at the moment just feels better as a team. Um, compared to GWS, I feel like GWS always has a bit of a clunk in team um, bonding compared to. S- but yeah, so anyone um, else? Oh, well, if I no, mean, anyone else have uh, mid-season or so second half expectation? I reckon they'll be able to push the eight. They're, if they can win all the winnable games, play you know a good style of footy. They're still able to get those three games. That Stringer always plays good against the doggies. His old side always somehow pulls out the win. And I reckon if they can get most of those games, get at least seven wins, they'll definitely be in the eight. Yep. Yeah, big task, but it's soon. definitely good. Um, the grading. Grading. I definitely have to give them. I'm going a uh, B minus. I'll yeah. jump in there. I think I'm going, to, I'm going to go B plus. Also, I think yeah. played category, if not a little bit more than Adelaide. I'm not, but they're yeah, I was going to go B. What are you yeah, I'll, I'll give them B plus. I think if they snagged one or two more of those wins, I'd be more closer to that. I still think yeah. their start of the season really let them down. Like, remember, they still have more losses than wins. 
Yeah, they do for a reason. Well, added so much use, and the use looked good too. So, and they've remained competitive. Yeah, lots of positives to take out of it. Hence why. I think the two wins they really needed was the one against um, Carlton and that one against uh, yeah. Hawthorne where they actually had such a healthy lead and um, dropped yeah. it. Obviously, first game, obviously. So, I mean, it's so hard to look that far back. But, I mean, you yeah. change those three results and it's two close games. And they've been in every game other than the Brisbane one, to be honest. Um, so, oh, actually, Port, Port, Port Adelaide got them by 54 also. So, they're the biggest two lols they've had other than that. They've been in every game, so... Um, yeah, definitely rate them. But yeah, I think B plus is a healthy score to give them. And then now we're going to jump on to the team that AWS. they're probably competing against to get in the eight with, right. which is DWS, which is sitting ninth at the moment. They're on twenty six points because they've had six wins and one draw. Um, they're they've got a pretty healthy percentage, but not much finals percentage wise. They're on ninety seven point six at the moment. I think GWS. They're kind of like that floater team at the moment to me. Like, I didn't really have them too low down the ladder. I didn't really have them too high up the ladder. So, at the moment, I actually kind of think they're kind of on par with my kind of expectation, to be honest. I don't know about anyone else. That's fair. Like, I'd say the talent they still got there. Like, you think about how much talent's left that club. But, like, losing Jeremy Cameron, like, honestly, what what team in the AFL when you lose, you know, a past Coleman medalist? Um, yeah, that that's going to be really hard to replace. So, um, for them, the Toby Green is just so important. Like he's by far their most, you know, most important kind of player for them, and what he brings to the team is just unbelievable. And he just adds so much, and and he's a great leader as well. So, in terms of um, where where they're sitting at the moment, probably would be about expectations. They've dropped a couple of games that. You wouldn't expect it. Like, even that draw, like, that was to North Melbourne. Like, come on. They've got to get the win there where when you switch off, when you're trying to get into the eight uh, just before, you know, at the midway point of the season, you think that'd be enough motivation to drag them over the line, but seemingly not. I'm actually going to say something, but completely forgot. Oh, quick question, sorry, for you, Martin. Have GWS versus Geelong yet? Uh, No. That'll be good to see, like, the KWS. I think they'll be a little bit in that team. They're trying, Always. To, trying to keep their <laughs> players together at the moment, so they'll be they'll be a good contest. Um, yeah, so overall, who do we reckon their best players been? I'd have to go with, uh, I don't Toby know, Green. like... Toby Green. Green. You've got Toby Green, but then you've also got, like, Kelly, like Josh Kelly. I think he's a really good player. And, you also uh, say Tim Torano, too. Yeah. He's had a good season. He has. He's, he's probably been one of the most consistent. Fair call. I, I've got to. I've got to put uh, Toby Green spiritual lead. Oh, yeah, hundred percent. Undoubtedly. Yeah, no argument there. What about most improved though? I'd have, have to go probably I'd... someone in their back line. I'd have to go. Um, Isaac coming. Yeah. Connor um, Iden. At Lockie Ash, he's been a very good player too. I think their entire backline, that's been the most improved. Well, it's actually like a really, really young backline and, and to see the development and like trust they've already got for each other for like such a um, quick group to be like grouped together. Like, you know, like um, without Phil Davis and if no, there's not none of that like big leadership kind of around them. Um, they've, they've actually conceded quite a bit though. Oh, to uh, some yeah, I know that, but they've actually... 
hold some teams out like really when they needed to. Like they've actually, they've been they've gelled together like really well in some parts of the games. So, um, I mean like they're I mean like they're they're under ten to fifteen games with each other, you know, as a backline group yeah. at the moment. So like I, I think they've done really well um, in terms of what they're already producing in the backline. But um, just off my super coach team, I think Isaac Cummings probably my one that's been you know very consistent all year. So. I think I've got him as my most improved. Okay, and what's your second, second half expectations? Oh, second half expectations. Um, I don't know. Like they're kind of in the same boat as obviously Essendon. They they really need to make the push now. If anything, um, they've probably got a harder draw though. You know, they've got Richmond, Geelong, Port Adelaide. Sydney, Melbourne, so five of those nine games are against uh, clubs above them at the moment. So I definitely think... I can see them sliding down slightly. Yeah, down okay. the yeah I can see them... Like 10, 10, to, 10 to 12. And that, that comes down to their experience of their back line too, you know. They've got to come up against these big forwards, you know, in these big teams. Um, that will expose them a fair bit, so I personally do have them also dropping off towards the back end of the season, so... And then, obviously, younger kids, too, are going to get more tired, too, so... Another reason for me. I think they're going to slowly drop off. I think they've done all right to to be where they are with the list they've kind of got at the moment. Uh, don't get me wrong, I know they've got some Jets in that team, so I'm not saying they're yeah. um, terrible, but, um, yeah, it's like, some of the biggest names obviously aren't on the park at the moment, so, yeah, I I think they're going to slide a bit, also... Just before we get to our uh, mid-season grading, one thing else I've got to mention while we're on GWS is another one of these spiritual leaders has to be Mummy, where we oh, thought yeah. he was pretty much done. Oh, yeah. We thought he wasn't going to play another, you know, that they're bringing in all these kids and they brought Bruce to the club and um, Flynn as one of their, like, you know, draft picks. And, Bruce is just and then up at the moment and just injured, he comes into the club and just being injured the whole time. That's it. And then, um, but then... Remember, for their first few wins, they only got wins when Mummy played. And it wasn't until, like, their third or fourth win, I think, where Mummy was in the team, like, and not rested or, or injured or whatnot. And they did lose with him in. So he's another big uh, spiritual leader to some extent for them. Okay, on to mid-season gradings then. Uh, I'm going to give them a C, but I will like to add my expectations for them are to make the eight. I think they slide oh. into that last position. They take Sydney's spot. Um, just with their players, they're going to come back into the side, and I think they're very hungry this year. Yep. Okay. Cool. It's always good to Great. have like a difference of. What's good? Really happy with that. Um, we're on to. Where are we? We're up. Oh, sorry, the grading. Uh, I'm going to give him myself personally. I'm going to say would do perfectly for him. Yeah, I think CSC is pretty fair. Yep. And that's it's just yeah. All right, and now we move on to the next team, which is mine and Tony's... I nearly said Tyler. <laughs> mine and Tyler's... Mine and Tony's Tigers. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, we're, current, we're, we're, current, we're currently sitting eighth at the moment, and we're not ninth men at the moment, which is good to not be tagging every meme known to mankind. We'll, we'll, let, you, um, we'll let you Tigers fans uh, give this, give yeah. this summary. Okay, uh, we're sitting on 105.3% at the moment, which is pretty decent. Um, and then we're in 
in terms of form at the moment, we've been a bit on and off, a bit hot and cold, so we've been looking all right. Um, expectations, obviously, up. I actually had us dropping this year anyways, but I thought maybe about six, which, I mean, like, we're only a game behind, so technically I don't think we're doing as bad as I probably... I think we're doing a little worse than I thought we would be, but, um, yeah. What's your thoughts, Tony? I think we're exactly where I expected us to be. Um, I thought we'd have a pretty slow start to the year, which we did, and it seems like we're just building on that now. Um, unfortunately, we had a few injuries, um, and they, it seems like the players are just starting to come back now at the right side, time of the year, which we have a good habit of doing. Um, so, yeah, I think it's been... Yeah, we've had some ups and downs, but we're starting to see a more consistent brand of footy now, um, and they definitely seem hungry and like they're wanting to push come September. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, overall, uh, best player at the moment, though, for you, Tony? Ooh. Um, best player... Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, I liked Nank before he got injured. I thought he was really good. Um, going to go then... Shea Bolton. Yeah. Yeah, true. Well, he's been most improved as well, I reckon. But, um, yeah, Bolton's a good call. Yeah, I think the thing with Bolton, and I think obviously document, he's obviously probably the highest rated for the best and fair moment for us too. Um, but in terms of most improved, yes, I, I, I agree. But he was he was getting really similar, oh, not similar, but he was getting just a little less probably disposals less last year. But he was definitely in the mix. He was actually like playing really good footy. Like I think we talked about it all year last year that he was playing really well. Um, definitely one of the most improved. But another one I'd have to probably put in most improved is Noah Bolter. I think maybe these last two games he's had a bit of a lull. Uh, I mean, he's, he's still showing good signs, obviously, in those games, but I think he, I've definitely got him as one of my most improved. I think he's been a bit disappointing this year, but I guess that's difference of opinion, so that's fine. I think it's been different the way the ball's coming in this year. I think our mids are starting to lack a little bit more defense than normal. Like, a little, less, little less pressure on the ball than normally look. But like you said, you know, we're, we're building and I think we've definitely brought the pressure gauge up a bit more in the last couple of weeks. So hopefully uh, they've just, you know, got the Duracell uh, Alka lines in at the moment and they're going to run out the uh, end of the season. Well, most improved for me is someone who's only played a handful of games, um, but he's really made his mark and he looks outstanding as a key forward. Uh, we'll go with Colm Coleman-Jones. Looks absolutely great and hasn't missed a beat with Tom Lynch out of the side. He's just stepped up. Oh, hard because, like, obviously, we're, yeah, I think great. Like, I think he's great. But I actually just thought of another one, and, like, I don't want to bang on about Richmond too much. But what's your thoughts yeah, on sure. Jake? What's, what's your thoughts on Jake Arts? Oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Should we just come back in half an hour or what, Tyler? You guys just take a break. Yeah, we'll we'll get start our own podcast. Did someone say spiritual leader? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, spiritual leader. Who's yours? Um, Dusty. <laughs> what a surprise! Or <laughs> uh, no, no, Grimes. Grimes in the back line. Just yeah, he is amazing in the defence. You guys reckon? The general. Leader? Oh, spiritual sorry. leader. Oh yeah, yeah, sorry, I forgot that. You guys can <laughs> join back into the conversation. Who's, who's your spiritual oh, okay, leader, cool. It's always good to hear uh, someone yeah. else's opinion, like outside yeah. of like your own. Yeah. You can't go past us. 
Steed, like it's Dustin Martin. Just to mix it up, I'll go with uh, Jack Raywell. Oh. I just think he's still got a lot to offer in terms of like when he plays a really good game or he does a spectacular goal or even when he does a knock-on, like some of those really smart kind of footy things that only those experienced older players normally you see do like Selwood with his knock-on uh, over the weekend to lead to that last goal. I think he's that kind of player where he can still, you know, take that really big mark and lift the team when he's, you know, kicking them straight and taking big marks and everything. Yeah, they're very, like, some of the experience, the knock-ons actually come down to so much, you know, what they do for the team, just getting the ball even further up the ground. Uh, no uh, stat for that, but yeah, it's worth, it's, it's, worth it's, any it's, kick. It's, it's, yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a great call. Um, I've got a question for you boys first. Yep. With, with Jack Revolt saying he's got a verbal contract for next year, how do you reckon the lineup? We'll go with him, Tom Lynch, and Callan Collins and Jones. I think it'll be fine because Jack Rewalt plays almost a bit like a small. He's got the footy smarts, can play higher up the ground, and he applies a lot of pressure. He loves to tackle, so I think it'll work out fine. Yeah, I think um, since 2017, Jack's just been rejuvenated in that high-pressure game, obviously, with like the Mosquito fleet back then. So I completely agree with Tony. I think he's... Very flexible. He's not. He's not like. I mean, he's a lock forward, but he's also not a lock forward. If that makes. Sense. Mm. Uh, and when I say that, I mean like he's not. Like I mean like he's always going to be in the forward line. Like don't get me wrong, but I mean like yeah. he plays a high yeah, half yeah. forward role. He's he's good on the wing. Um, he's always a good kick down the line. Always contests. So, uh, uh, I'd definitely rate him to stay. Hopefully. All yeah. right. Let's go. Uh, second that. half. Expect. Oh no. Go go, Tony. I was going to I'll quickly mention um, player for most improved. I'll go with Broad. I forgot about Nathan Broad. He's had an absolute outstanding year. And could be top two in our BNF right now. Yep, I agree. I also want to add uh, David Asprey's been. Oh, here we go. <laughs> do, you, do you just want to read out your best 22 and tell me? Exactly. Me look, just look at the injury list, Noki. Um, all good, all good. All right, we'll get into the next. Oh, sorry, the second half expectations. Um, I was actually looking earlier. I don't think we have that terrible of a run, to be honest, towards finals. So Typical, really soft run. They always do it for Richmond. What will it be like eight out of the last nine at the G? Well, with our soft run, we've got Geelong. We've just spent a month in the state. Who hasn't? It's called COVID, mate. In our soft run. Geelong haven't. Geelong have been in their pretty little bubble down in Geelong. Because we don't know what COVID is, mate. Steve Hawking just gifted them the prize run again. If I if I had a dollar for every time uh, Tony brings up Steve Hawking and his corruptedness, I'd be a millionaire and I wouldn't be on this podcast. <laughs> we don't get paid, so you're doing this for the love anyway. <laughs> oh, that's great. Hey, um, yeah, yeah. No, nah, like I think our run towards finals isn't that harsh. Like honestly, they're probably the two toughest games are coming in, in the next four weeks. So like. Hopefully we can get in, onto a good run coming into finals. Um, we've obviously got Lions and Geelong back to back, so that's probably our biggest um, task. But they're both. I mean, like Geelong's playing Richmond, and it's Geelong's home ground at the MCG, so that that should be perfect for us. And Brisbane, we've got at home this time, so I think it'll be a different storyline. And the rest is kind of the bottom six, so I'm not too fussed. I think. Look. Coming into finals, I think we'll be all right. I think we'll secure that sixth or seventh position. Look, for me, I think it's Richmond's game to lose. If There's going to be two teams to come out this eight, and for me, it's between Richmond and Sydney. 
right now. Richmond's not playing some of their best footy. And if once they get all these players back, they could get to it. But at the moment, they're not playing their best footy and it's their game to lose. I agree. I, I, I still personally think West Coast is a little bit of a peg above us, you know, with all their outs and what we bought against them. And now we just got outrun. I know, like, obviously there's COVID, like the whole, you know, Richmond travelling back and forth from Sydney to West Coast two weeks in a row. That probably was a bit of an element, but... Yeah, no, I, I I appreciate that opinion. I definitely reckon that's a good call. Yeah, in terms of our second half expectations uh, for the Tigers, I actually think uh, kind of similar to what Tyler said to some extent that. Um, but I actually think they will drop one or two. So they, they're always going to get on this run. So they'll have a good run of form. They'll win, you know, most of the games or pretty much all the games you expect them to win. But I think they'll drop one or two more which will really, like, if they make the A. I, I called it a few weeks ago, actually, probably a month or so ago, that I think they'll miss the A. And I think um, it's still a realistic possibility. I'd say if I was a betting man, I'd put money on them making it more than not at this stage. But losing, like, that tight one to West Coast, I could see them losing one or two more really tight ones. And that's where they might leave their run almost too late, where they'll be like, okay, we've got to win every single game now for the rest of the year just to make it. So I could see that realistically happening depending they're only you know one more key injury away from really um struggling so it will be interesting to see what happens i think the two big nervous games for us is probably frio in at opta stadium and probably giants at giant stadium. that's the two that you're probably also mentioning that i'll have a bit more nerves about but yeah i completely should we get on to a grading yeah um grading this year I was trying to think of it before we even started the podcast. I've got them in like the C area. Yeah, I'll go I'll C, C minus. Yeah. I'll say minus. I'll you. give them a B because this is what I expected. I expected them to finish fifth to eighth, and I think that's where they'll finish. Probably, hopefully, they get sixth, get a home final, or if not, they'll finish seventh and play who are a Victorian team who finished sixth. I think I was. Uh, I think I was saying to Tyler today or yesterday. Uh, my expect, yeah, my expectation on Richmond is I, I, I think I've like I've, I'm already happy like with myself to say this isn't our year. That that's in my opinion. Um, Tony might have a different one to me. I I don't think we're gonna win a grand final this year. Um, but like in my thing, I, I just I just hope we win the first eliminate. Like if we make the eight, that is. I just hope we win the first elimination and we give a good fight in the second uh second final. That's that's all I can hope for. To be honest, that's my expectation, anyways. So. I'm not writing us off yet. I'm like so. That's but, it. Yeah. Enough of that. All right. Hopefully, Steve Hawking will get you right. Yeah, we might end up fucking. <laughs> he's not out to get teams. He's just out there to favour one specific team. <laughs> yep. Just put hey. your tin foil hat back on and uh, let's hey, move on to Tony, the next uh, team. Tony, he has to respect the elderly. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll get on to the next one, which is West Coast Eagles, who are currently sitting at the moment seventh on the ladder, eight wins, hundred seventy percent, and have hit form in the last two rounds. Um, for me, the expectation-wise, I think I've kind of had them here all year. I didn't really have them up high. I still kind of already seen. I didn't have Bulldogs that high, but I had like uh, literally. Uh, sorry, I didn't have Melbourne that high. Sorry. I probably had the four teams above them already up there. Um, I thought Richmond would have been on top of them, to be honest. Uh, but 
Yeah, I'm not, I think they're just kind of sitting around there, just hovering, doing their thing at the moment. And obviously, they're a good win against us, but yeah, that's my opinion on that. Yeah, I'd say they've been hit really hard by injuries this year. Um, probably equal or close to one of the ones that have been hit the most to some extent. But um, yeah, with the talent that they've got in that team, when you consider, you know, that they were the Premier's back three years ago now, um, yeah, they're, they're kind of, I don't know, like we always kind of expect them to be challenging almost for top four because their home ground advantage is so good. But um, they've had a real up and down season, like a few of the losses. They've lost five games, you know, which isn't a hell of a lot, but a few that they'd be pretty disappointed with, like that Essendon game they lost at home and even GWS. And even um, the Doggies game where they, they were winning. And that's it. Late. That's it. And so they've kind of, you know, they've been able, we know what they're capable of if they have their, you know, their plays in and they're playing well and they've got some really talented plays there. But they just haven't clicked really, like I'd say, properly this year. And they haven't went on a good run where they've won, you know, a handful of games in a row or anything like that. So the ladder doesn't really lie. I think they, they're sitting kind of where they deserve to be at this point. And that win against Richmond could be the thing to kind of kickstart them off. You know, if they beat the Bulldogs this week, um, then, you know, Which from like, there. It was obviously a close sorry. game in Melbourne at their yeah, fortress. Yeah. That's it. Like, if they can produce a result, then, then, you know, to some extent, the sky's the limit. And um, we know the talent that they've got in that side. But at the same time, you could see them falling the other way too, just as easily to some extent. One or two more injuries or just their players not clicking. But when they've still got, you know, a bit of talent that's kind of on the older end, where, um, like, Josh Kennedy, for example, or McGovern and, um, and whatnot... Uh, yeah, they've got the talent in the side to, to do some damage in September, uh, especially if they get a home final. Oh, uh, who have we got for your best player for that? Uh, which team are we talking about again? West Coast Eagles. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, best player. Come back to me in a second. Have to go Nick Nanui. Come on. <laughs> Yeah. I'd say he's been their best this season and most consistent as well. Like, it doesn't mean he's been the best in every game, but, um, yeah, I think he's been their consistently best player this yep. season. Yeah, Definitely him or, yeah, Nick Newitt or um, Jack Darling, when he can turn on, you know, he's pretty much best player out there for them. That's true. Um, most improved player for them? Oscar Allen. Yeah. Has been. Yep, good call. I'm happy with that spiritual leader. Yeah. Nick Nat. Nick Nat, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Keep it short. That's it. Second half expectation. I think they'll Keep... do about the same. Yeah, I think they'll That's what they've done the first half. Yeah, they'll they'll kind of float through, they'll make finals. Um they'll they might upset one or two teams above them, but then they'll drop a game against one or two teams below them as well. Yeah, and we'll put They'd be expecting to finish fifth or sixth and get themselves a home final that first week. Yeah. Yep. Good call. Um, and what are we going to grade them, boys? C+. Plus. Yeah. Uh, C. Yeah, I'm C also. I'll go C+. Plus. I, think, I think all of our gradings have been on par. Like, it's always just been a plus or a minus. Absolutely. Basically, it's 
been good. Uh, we're going to get on to our next team now, which is Brisbane Lions. Oh, uh, there's only a couple left, isn't there? Yeah, we're up to the top four now, which is good. Oh, yeah, um, top four. So Brisbane Lions are sitting in, because we did Port Adelaide um, in our previous podcast, um, Brisbane Lions are sitting fourth, 36 points, 128.4, like a very healthy percentage. Uh, they've been in form lately. The only loss they had was two weeks ago. Um, and, yeah, I think uh, on my expectation, I've kind of had them in the top four anyways. Um, I think they started the year off very poorly, unfortunately, like uh, everyone was adapting to the new rules. And I think since then, and mind you, they went through some tough times at the start with the COVID rules and whatnot um, when they got stuck in Melbourne. And, yeah, so um, at the moment, I think they're doing really well. Yeah, agree. They set themselves up very nicely for a tilt at the flag. Um, they'll be aiming for top two position, get a home final, but they're very securely um, implanted themselves in the top four, and I think that's where they'll stay come the end of the season. Um, they're only in there on percentage at the moment, uh, as we currently sit, but... Um, yeah, I'd say Brisbane have done really well considering their start to the season where they dropped a few games early and then they went on that massive run of games that they've just smashed in the last, what, kind of six, seven weeks and they've only lost to Melbourne a couple of weeks back. But now they've got and another test. it was a great game. Along. It was a great oh, game. Incredible. One of the games of the season. So um, that's one good thing about the floating fixture and about this year, how pretty much every Thursday or Friday night have been like blockbuster kind of top four games or two really good informed kind of sides or up and coming sides, good rivalries. So I agree, which we'll get to that game coming up tomorrow night. Um at the moment best player for Brisbane. Jared Lyons. I agree. Been outstanding for Gold Coast Suns to let that one big loss to them. Yeah. I think what it was yeah, oh. that's a good call. He's been, really been good, but Hugh McLuggan just had a few quiet games, whereas Lyons has been consistent the whole way along. I think, yeah. he, I think he's third for disposals in the AFL and, and top uh, three yeah. for contested possessions and clearances as well. So, and I think, um, of you. I think the other thing is he got hyped up a fair bit, like Hugh McLuggan, when Neil went out too, like uh, everyone was looking at him. But I agree with Tony on the consistency of Lyons. He's just, he's like very under. Um, what I'm underrated. underrated, underrated, underrated. Um, like I, I wouldn't say he's underrated, but he was just you know under the radar in in terms of yeah. um, in, in their form. He doesn't get the plaudits. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah he's I, similar I, to Took Miller, I'd say, to some yeah. extent, where because yeah. they're playing yeah. in Queensland, we just don't see him as often exactly. and, and don't sure, pay as much attention. And I'm sure he's very highly, highly rated at Brisbane. So yeah, no, I definitely, definitely got him as best player. Also, um, most improved for him. Got to be Bailey. Zach Bailey, yeah. yeah. And he, he's just showing some potential where he could, like, be that superstar up there, like, just really take control of the forward line, like, to some extent, kind of like a Dusty Martin, kind of like forward line, move into the midfield, but does something special and has that X factor. He steps up in the big games as well, and he loves the big moment. Kicking yeah. goals after the siren, I think, against in that Richmond game, he kicked four goals. In Against Melbourne, he kicked another bag as well, so he's not afraid of the big occasion. Yeah, he got that goal after the siren against Collingwood the week previous. He had the tackle on uh, Blixarves. That yeah, he should have won against. Like, it, like, could have been like another scenario. Yeah, he's, that's true. He's been huge all year. So, no, he's, he's been great this year, and uh, our... 
most in uh, sorry our spiritual leader for that uh, Mitch sure, Robinson are you sure it's not Reese Matheson he's been <laughs> he's the barometer if he could get a game maybe but no nah, <laughs> Mitch Robinson I reckon yeah I'm going to go with Mitch Robinson myself an angry man that he's kind of like the Braden Maynard again I guess yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, second half expectations for them. Um, just they'll be in the top four. Like for for mine, I I think they're like we rated Port Adelaide like pretty averagely. Um, so I definitely think Brisbane are gonna secure that top four. It's just a matter where they're gonna be between second and fourth. That 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 that's all I can expect from them really. Um, yeah, like, I, yeah, I, I think that's a good shout. Like in terms of they'll they'll beat the teams they need to. The the thing is that they're such a young side, really. Like a lot of their stars and best players are still like excluding, I'd say Zorko, really, and maybe even Rich, who's getting on in in years, um, and Robbo, Mitch Robinson. Uh, a lot of their stars are still young and up and coming. And you know, Lockie Neal hasn't been the Brownlow medalist of last season. He had a really good game in the last um, last week. But outside of that, since he's a long, you know, injury, uh, once he's up and running as well, you oh, know, this guy to some extent's the limit. And another one of their players that we didn't mention earlier, like Hipwood. Hipwood's been really good this year he's and their forward line's really dangerous. Yeah, and like um, even the big O, McInerney, like he's been pretty good and like being able to stand up and just create a contest and whatnot. So they're, I don't think they're at the level in terms of like second half expectation um to win the premiership but i could see them you know once again making a prelim or who knows if they hit form at the right time and all the right players stand up they could even make a grand final i could see that but i think they'll just be one step short of taking it taking it out yeah well i do want to also add to that that i think danaher has been a great inclusion into their side he obviously frees up hipwood um yeah obviously getting the second best defender and whatnot and then also i also want to say he's had an improvement in my eyes in a sense of the way he's playing too. Um, like obviously there's more scrutinized probably back in Melbourne, but I think he's just got that freedom to play now. He just seems more refreshed. I mean, like I wouldn't say he's like typically improved. I just think he looks as a better player now, um, more developed. And then obviously coming off all those injuries for two years or whatever it was, um, with his groin, he's, he's definitely looked um, much better now, obviously. So I, I couldn't say he was more improved just for the sheer factor of, we didn't see him at his tip top at okay. Essendon because he was he was injured so much. Like I remember watching a couple of Anzac Day games where he'd be able to kick it from beyond fifty, easy goal, like it was nothing. But you know, you never got to fully see that because he was so injured. Yeah, exactly. And I I think the sky's the limit. I'd even add on to that, like the change of club would do him such a world of good. Like even with his name, like his surname and the history that's at Essendon and everything. Um, very famous footballing name, and for him to be able to get out of Melbourne, out of the bubble, go up to Brisbane and kind of get the expectation somewhat moved off his shoulders, um, I think is pretty big as well. The good thing is, obviously, like, Queensland, Brisbane's the big side, obviously, compared to Gold Coast, so he's got, like, a good following behind him too, you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't have to, like, deal with the next one's obviously very likeable up there now. So he's kind of, like, even though he's gone out of the bubble of AFL in Korea, he's in like a nice, he's in a, a healthy bubble, you know what I mean? Like different vibe. Yeah, it's a yeah. different vibe, so uh, definitely a good shout out. Let's get on to the grading, guys. Uh, yeah, uh, grading, I'd, I'd put him in that B 
category somewhere? Yeah, I, I think it's got them at a B. They're exactly where I thought they'd be from last year. And they've improved from the start of the year. I'm going A minus, actually, just because um the recovery that they made from the start of the year where they did drop a game or two, but then to go on that run that they did and to lose in the fashion they did to Melbourne as well to this bit. Um, like we said, they they can finish anywhere still on the ladder to some extent, um, with the games they've got coming up. So yeah, um, yeah I'm I'm going A minus. Yeah. Yeah. We've got Eagles yeah, and Richmond yeah. other than that. I am giving them a B plus. Beautiful. Beautiful. Let's move on to the main game, boys. Here we go. I've been waiting. Time to perk up. Um, so we're going to go into the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think the podcast is about to end. We're not going to do the next two. Yeah, exactly. And then we'll come back for the next two. Uh, do you want right. to tell them all? I'll, I'll tell you all about it. So I actually had this lined up for last week. Um, when we're going to review them. So we've got the Mighty Cats um, currently sitting third on the ladder, um, really equal second, um, on 40 points with a percentage, healthy percentage of 127.7. Uh, they've had 10 wins, only the three losses this year. And, um, yeah, they're the most informed competi- uh, team in the competition looking at their current run. I think they're on, let me double check, uh, I think it's seven... Seven in wins in a row? Something along the lines of that? Oh. No, nah, it's six. It's actually six because it was five in a row last week or before last week. So to win last week was six in a row. And we've won eight out of the last nine games. So we've been in a hot form. We only dropped um, those games, like I mentioned, or like we've kind of talked about earlier in Adelaide um, early on in the season. And... Um, yeah, and then they had a couple other kind of close losses to Sydney and to uh, Melbourne as well, where Melbourne were informing before we had uh, Jezza into the side. So in terms of, uh, yeah, an overall review, the Cats have kind of been flying under the radar still. You know, they performed well without setting the world on fire. I think last week was, even that in that game, I wouldn't say we were at our best, but we performed and did what we kind of needed to do to get the win and beat a really good doggy side. So um, we knew we had a few big weeks coming ahead of us from the bye, like to even to beat Port Adelaide um, in the fashion that we did when Port were just kicking these unbelievable goals um, away from home after the bye where we've had notoriously bad runs. Um, I think that could be a bit of a uh, get a duck off our back. And, um, yeah, we've just been playing um, some really good footy and I'd say... Uh, the difference, you know, we finished the grand final, you know, we lost the grand final, as we all know, last year. But to bring in players like Cameron, Higgins and Smith, I think, um, excluding Higgins, I'd say the other two players have been really, really good and somewhat important to the team. Cameron's been a revelation. Smith's really added the run that we knew um, that he's been doing at Hawthorne for, you know, well over a decade. And um, yeah, so we haven't, apart from last week, we've finally gotten out of second gear, maybe into third gear. And I'm still just kind of cruising along. Anyone else have anything to add in there, boys? Yeah, I think I think I kind of expected them with what they brought in. Like, the uh, teams would be Brooklyn Nets of the competition. Yeah, on like don't get me wrong, they're in third position and tied second, so they're still obviously a good team. I've kind of had. First brought in, so it, it's pretty much fair on par with what I thought. But yeah, just for me, for me I, oh yeah, okay. No, no, you go, Martin. 
No, no, no. I've spoken a lot about it, so definitely you chip in first, and then I'll jump back. I, I thought, for me, I th- with all the inclusions that they did bring in, as everyone keeps saying, I thought they were going to be a solid first, be up by, you know, eight points the entire year, because you bring in a firepower like Jeremy Cameron, who's a Coleman medalist right before Tom Hawkins was. So you've got two back-to-back Coleman medalists in the team. We do. It's, you know, it's... And they've got Gary Rowan, who's playing some of his best footy. You know, I really thought they would be higher, you know, first. But then when you, um, so to that point, to some extent, everything's relative. So, um, like the Tigers, to some extent, when you play the grand final that was played late, really late in the season, we had the shortest preseason we've ever had. Um, the games changed in terms of the, we increased, um, the, the minutes back in the, to our traditional kind of full quarters. And then um, for us to reduce the interchange bench and change the rules with 666 and all these other changes, man on the mark and whatnot, it, the game has changed. And when you look at our losses, we're essentially two, we're kind of semi-lazy. We're like round one to the Crows where we thought, oh, yeah, you know, we're playing last on the ladder from the season before. We'll just walk in. We'll get it done off a short preseason. They got the jump on us. Um, we got pretty lucky against, you could say, Brisbane and even Hawks with some close ones. Um, but then lucky. Melbourne were clearly a better side, but then to also lose to Sydney in a really tight one. Um, yeah, like those two results, they're a kick in them. So, you know, we have those two and we would be top of the ladder, you know, so it's a really fine margin. So I think mm-hmm. we kind of need those. And like I said, we haven't really, apart from last week, once again, we haven't really left um, third gear. And when you look at the players we've missed for the best part of a month um, or most of the season with Danger, you know, he's only played four games. Uh, Duncan's missed a bunch and will miss the rest of the season. Uh, Blitz, Guthrie, um, even O'Connor, where he was looking like having a breakout season when he started. So now we're really, uh, we've got one of the best injury lists in the in the league with only, I think, a handful of players on there, um, plus Duncan. Uh, so, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a pretty good season up to now, and it's still everything's to play for. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, well, let's jump into their best player then. Um, there's a lot, a lot to pick from in terms of best player. Um, I find it really hard though to go kind of pass. I'd go Stewart and Hawkins uh, in terms of our best for this season. I thought Guthrie among the best midfielders, and then Hawkins up up forward. Yeah, I, I'd be like similar with Guthrie, but because he's missed a few games in the mm. last month or so, that's probably the only reason I had him kind of... I would have gone Stuart. Stuart. Yeah. Just been so, yeah. so consistent. Yeah, that's true. and But that's also why, like, to some extent with Hawkins, I don't just count his goals, his assists his, that he brings his, and the other assisting. stuff he brings. You, like, if anything, this is one of the best seasons I've seen him play, like, in terms of how he's moving, apart from him injuring his neck in the, like, towards the end of the last game. I think he's been really good in terms of most improved. Um, I'd probably have to go with uh, Rowan uh, just to show what he what he's done and especially kicking that goal um, last week uh, after Siren as well as uh, Parfit. I'd probably have right up there. And then unfortunately, we've had some young players uh, who have played well, but haven't. When you're challenging, I guess, for the Premiership and pushing to be near the top of the ladder, it is really hard to find those spots for those younger kids. Anyone else have anyone else to throw in there? I reckon Narkel's been really good, but he just keeps getting yeah. dropped. Yeah, like I mentioned, those kids, uh, as well as Jordan Clark's dominating in the BFL. He played 
few games early on in the season with injuries and he just hasn't been able to fight his way back into the team. But that's, to some extent, a good problem to have. Okay. Sorry? It's a good problem until they leave. Oh, that cut out for me. I don't know if that was me. It's a good problem until they leave. Ah, okay. Yeah, true. Okay, on to the spiritual leader. Um... I had two kind of noted down here. Um, I'm actually going to go with Rowan here because the stat is still correct um, where in every game that he's kicked three goals, we haven't lost. So if he's on or on and about, we just don't lose. Um, the other one I kind of had noted down was Hawkins uh, in terms of when he's up and about as well. It's very rarely that we'll miss, uh, that we'll lose because he always gets a handful of shots on uh, in a game. And most of the time, he just passes them off for assists. So if he has the ball in his hands, um, it's always good for Geelong. I got my spiritual yeah. leader as probably Hawkins. Oh, Gary Rowan. Whenever you know, yeah. whenever he's up and about, all teams up and about. Okay. Okay, and then um, on to oh, did you have something to add, Tony? Yeah, I've just got a question for you. Do you think that Geelong play better with Patrick Dangerfield out of the side? Because I personally do. Um, I'd say it's a hard one because, like, there's no doubt that we have been playing well without him. But when you add someone like him to the side and just knowing what he can do, when he's at full fitness, which he clearly isn't at this point in time, but when the, you know, if it's a big final and whatnot, he's one of the first names you kind of put down on the team sheet. So I think it's really good that we've been playing really well without him. But to add him into the mix, I think it can only kind of benefit the side. I don't really see that taking away from um, many of the other players in the squad. I just think he turns the ball over too yeah, much. He was, just gets... That's true, and he shot a goal. I was actually, actually going to exactly say that. I was going to say one of the first names in finals he put down, but in finals he's time and time again just turnovers and efficiency actually lacked. So would you actually really put him high up in that finals list? Yeah, I still would because he's a Brownlow medalist. Um, his drive and desire for to win the ball, win the contested ball, like him and um, and Selwood are just like the most important players in terms of doing that. And he can be a really inspiring player. So I'd say he's yet to fulfill his potential in terms of the end goal. Like he came to Geelong to win a premiership um, and he hasn't achieved that yet. So I think he will be really hungry. I hope he, there's enough games left in the season for him to find form. And I reckon in about two or three weeks after he's gained full match fitness, um, yeah, he'll be a really big factor in the second half of the season. So yeah. I guess that's a good... I'm not saying he's not a bad player, but I'm just saying like, yeah. I think he turns the ball over too much. And when you've got a midfield that consists of Selwood, Guthrie, Duncan, Managola, Parfit, Higgins, Isaac Smith, these players you want to have the ball rather than Dangerfield because Dangerfield yeah. turns it over. Yeah, that's true. So, if anything, then we'd probably want him more in and under so to win that hard ball and then give it to these outside players to run and then deliver it, you know, into your forward 50. Um, but, yeah, it's still... Like, you make a good point in terms of I, I can't disagree with you, um, but I still think he adds... He overall, he adds to the team. And if he's on and, you know, if he kicks... When he is on, we've seen him kick a handful of goals and get 30-plus disposals. Um, he can easily be best on ground as well. Do you think he needs so. to be a bit more like a Libertore type? Of... Yeah, just he's different Anthony. though because Dangerfield will get the ball and um, sprint. Yeah, I think he needs to know his limitations. Maybe he runs and then handballs and 
instead of booting it. Rather yeah. than blaze away and kick it to the opposition or kick it out on the full. I also yeah. don't mind like a um, grab and chuck it on the boot type player sometimes. Like you see like Elliot Yoke. Maybe in wet weather, he's really good. Like yeah, in terms yeah. of that, yeah, just yeah, the meat is gained is more important than what happens. Like the yeah. quality of the possession out of there. As long as he gets it to a contest, like in those type, like those 6 scenarios also. Um, but yeah. All right, well, moving on to the second half expectations. I'm going to call out that we've got big expectations, so we really want to tilt at the premiership, the players we've brought in in the off-season, the way we're playing and where we're positioned at this halfway stage. Um, we've won, uh, we've passed the two kind of big tests the last couple of weeks, and this weekend's our third in a row in terms of playing Brisbane. So being um, Port, being the Dogs, and now even if we were to drop this one, I'd still say that's a tick. Uh, depending how we play and, and how the game goes. Um, it's yeah, all, it's I, always a tick in my eyes if you get two out of three um, yeah, big games big in a games. row. Yeah, that's it. That, at the time, I'm pretty sure Port were a top four um, before we played them. Um, and then, yeah, to kind of shift and be on or about that. And I've even written down here in terms of something we mentioned before, to some extent, it's time to drive the Ferrari. We've got all the plays that we need in the right spots and it's now just making sure we all gel we peak at the right time, which I definitely don't think we've peaked just yet. Um, apart from Duncan now, the, practically all of our players are kind of back in. We're only one or two weeks away maybe at this stage, um, apart from a few youngsters that aren't really in the team anyway. Uh, the game plan's finally starting to get sorted out because we were playing so terrible earlier on in the year, moving the ball so slow. Um, and I would expect us to only drop, yeah, maybe two two more games for the rest of the year. So depending on who the brain fade will be against. There might be a good loss we'll have towards the end of the season. Like, for example, we play Melbourne, I think, in the last round just before finals. So that could be a bit of a preview. Um, and it's meant to be down in Geelong. But we'll wait and see what actually happens with that. Um, yeah, so we'll see where, where it goes. Anyone else have any expectations what, what, what's your different expectation from that? Yeah, they should be. Well, they'll finish top four. So they should be pushing for a home final, home for top two. And. Compete for a like the G maybe against the Tigers. Yeah, I've got my expectation as them to, if not win the premiership, um, to go out to the Milwaukee Brisbane Lions in the prelim, um, with a bit of revenge. As a prediction, also crazy prediction there. Yeah, well. yeah. No, that's fair. And the fair, that's and, fair. All right. And the fair metaphor there with the NBA terms, in terms of nets and bucks. Just, yes. <laughs> just for those NBA fans out there. Charlie, you got anything to add or shall I jump onto the grading? No, I reckon you got it pretty well. Beautiful. <laughs> All right. Well, so last week when I actually wrote down my notes for this game, I had us rated at a B plus, but given that win last week, I'm moving it to an A. So, um, yeah. Yep. I'll give the cats an A so far. Well, you'll give you a B plus. Just on the edge of A. A-, A minus. All right. Beautiful. And let's move on to our last two teams then. Uh, so our last two teams, we've got the Dogs, who have been great this year. They're currently sitting uh, second on the ladder with 40 points, 10 wins, 3 losses, also the same as Geelong. A higher percentage, though, by nearly 20%, but they've just been just so dominant in terms of uh, scoring. Um, yeah, and at the moment, I, I, I had them crawling up the ladder this year. I, didn't have him in second position, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, so I don't I think anyone did, really. Yeah. Apart I, from maybe all the doggies fans. 
Yeah, so like a, a lot of them tell me they knew that they seen it was coming. So I mean, kudos to you. Oh. I, I, I didn't personally see it coming, but um, yeah. You look at who they brought in to the squad in terms of like um, getting what's his name, uh, Adam Trelaw into the side. That He's was a steal. Played ten games exactly. They were pretty much handed him. They're able to keep. Um, keep. Sorry. Josh Dunkley. Yeah, they're able to keep Josh Dunkley, even though he made it clear that he wanted to leave, and yeah. to some extent, it looked like a, a masterstroke. And, and, and the um, other, the other, sorry, I didn't mean to cut. No, you no, off. keep the, going. The other thing keep is, is like obviously now he's like strung that huge relationship with law. I think he definitely Best stays. Mates. You know what I mean? Like it's um. Yeah. It, like I think it's been like you said a masterstroke. Yeah, especially when he's watched his teammates to some extent dominate the competition and have all those start the season like they did, win so many games, put themselves absolutely in prime position. Why would you want to leave, you know, unless you've got a really big offer and there's other stuff that falls out with Bebo? Um, yeah, it, it's relatively be hard to see him kind of leave. It's crazy, though, because, like, I mean, they're in a good position, but then you see Essendon, they're playing, it's just, you know what I mean? It's, um... Yeah. Like you can see the growth in them too, so like long term. But um, yeah, overall, I think they've done really great this year. I think their best player is gonna be the Bont. I mean, like I mean, undoubtedly. Tom McRae's been good all year. He's been a beast. Like like you said, like it's gonna happen with all these top four teams. You know, like there's just a number of players you can obviously um, rattle off as uh, best players. But um, yeah, I think I've got yep. Bont as mine. Yeah, well, Bont, for me, is the best player in the comp right now, so he has to be the best player of the team. He's just um, a match winner, though. Like, McRae is good, and he's Mr. Consistent, he's your workhorse, but he doesn't have that X factor like the Bont does. Like, he doesn't um, kick those crunch goals, you know, or do some of those things that only um, the Bont can, you know, kind of do to some extent. Very much like those... Factor type, like you know what you're gonna get, but then like they'll always do something special. You know, what I mean, it's kind of like yeah, your Dustin Munns, your Parkers, Fives. Like you know they they're gonna get the ball a lot, but then you also do something at a crucial time, and you just go, oh well, I'm glad we have him on. Yeah, um, no, I think he's I think he's been great this year. Most improved, I'm gonna put Bailey Dale up there. Yeah, I'm going with Liver actually. Because like Liver's I think always, he's just lifted, but not not years. to this level where he's like leading the contested possessions in the league and doing it so consistent and being still underrated, I think, oh, uh, yeah. to some extent. And um, yeah, just in terms of yeah, his level of consistency, winning those hard ball gets, those contested possessions that yeah. can't be yeah overlooked. I, I... I, I agree with Tyler. Libba's had a fantastic year, but he has been a top. 10 midfielder before, especially with the clearances yeah. and the possessions. He's Hasn't just he been injured, though? I don't well, remember him ever performing to this level, though. The premiership year or the year before, he was he was averaging 115-plus in Supercoach for a season. That was over five years ago now, though. It's been yeah. relatively quiet since. Tyler, but no, no, Tyler used to be a Bulldog supporter before he came a Collingwood supporter. Like seven years old. Just, just a handy, handy, uh, just a handy little thing out there. Just, out there. But, um, of course, he's one of those people that's changed teams. My God. <laughs> you know, I was pretty much forced into it as a kid, and then 
Blew her off, made my decision to join, you know, <laughs> the flag Using your teeth and, you know, stealing <laughs> off other people. And you're like, oh, I've just got to, it's where my heart lies. Yeah, exactly. My, my front teeth fell out and I was like, oh, I know where I'm going. Exactly. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, uh, so most improved, I've got Bailey Dell. And I think he's been great in the back line. Spiritual leader. Ooh, spiritual leader. Liver. Wouldn't it? I could get a liver too. Yeah, it, it, in them. Anyone else? Yeah, one for me. Just to be honest. Um, second half expectation. I think like they've kind of had like a little bit of a lull recently. Um, I almost think they might have peaked too early. Like I still think they'll finish top four, but I don't think they'll finish top two. I think they might just drop another game or two here or there. Um, where. Like, in terms of, although they've got, you know, Trelaw and Dunkley to come back in, which will be big, they'll make a big difference. Um, they have kind of, like like I mentioned before, um, they have kind of failed the test when they've played the big sides, though. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure what their run's like, exactly. But well, they've probably got the harder it. run out of the top four. Don't get me wrong, like, it's, like, it's not super hard, but they've probably got, yeah. like, everyone seems like they've got, like, two games where they could probably drop... Dogs look like they've got three or four, including this weekend, right. obviously. Um, so they've got, yeah, they've got a couple that they could possibly drop in Port Adelaide, Melbourne, West Coast, Sydney um, is another one. That's okay. there. So they've got, they've got, they've got a pretty um, decent got to be on. Um, back end of the year that they've got to really contend with. So um, but my second uh, half expectation for them also is to drop off a bit, Like, I, but I, I still think they'll make the fall, like you said. Um, obviously, just sheer numbers of like points they're on at the moment. I think anyone from um, six to eight will be struggling to get in that four. And I think Port Adelaide, like we said in our last podcast, just they just don't seem fully there yet. I don't know, like they just seem off without their inclusions and butters, Dersmer, and all those younger players. So yeah, I think they'll just bubble around the top four somewhere. Well, you look at it; they've actually lost two of the last three. Although they're both top four position uh, opposition, and they've still been playing really good footy. Like last week, um, yeah, I think they were really, really good. They easily could have snatched the win there at the end with just slightly more composure, you'd say. Um, yeah, but I could see them dropping another game or two here or there. Yep, couldn't agree more. I think um, definitely played really well in those games they lost. All right, let's jump into the uh, rate, the grading then. I've got to put them in the A category. I, I definitely have yeah. them a lot higher than I yeah. thought. I think for expectation, it has to be an A. Yeah, it has to be an A. And not far from an A plus in a sense. You know, like they are still technically second. They're, like, if we're going off a of mid season grading, they're been great. Yeah, I reckon an A yeah, I'll give him an A. Second on the ladder. A few key injuries as well, players to come in. And yeah, what more could you ask for if you're a Dogs fan? Yeah, beautiful grading. Um, and now on to our last one, Melbourne. Apparently sitting last. first, 44 points, a game clear of first, 132 percentage. It's the second best in the comp. Um, dogs obviously having the highest. 11 wins, two losses. You just look dominating all year. Um they're only like one of the losses was to Adelaide, and I'm just thinking it was a lull game, but like every team has, you know, every team, every team has a, just that one game where they just go, oh, far out, we dropped one, you know what I mean? Um, and and mind you, that was 
down to a crucial decision also. I think they've been great this year. I actually had them sliding rather than going up the ladder, so kudos to them. They've definitely exceeded my expectations. Um, they've been really good this year, obviously being in first. Yeah, they have been pretty good this year. Um, I'd say they've been, yeah, excellent this year. Um, the informed team, best team going around, firing on all sorts. Got a, probably the best back line in the league and then one of the best midfields in the league and their forward line is doing really well, being spearheaded by Tom McDonald, which no club wanted. That's it. And they've just got more options and more upside, you know, to come in where we've barely seen... Um... Uh, what's his name? The one that they recruited from oh, uh, Ben North Brown. Melbourne. Yeah, Ben Brown to come in, and they've been trying to go with uh, Wiedering, is it? And um, Wiedemann. Yeah, Wiedemann. Sorry, Wiedemann. Yeah. And um, and I could see them kind of going, okay, we've given him a few games. I think we paid. You know, we brought Ben Brown in for a reason, and I think he'll get more of a run in the second half of the season. I could see them just cruising on to finish in top spot, really. I agree. Let's move on to their uh, best player then. Uh, for me... Few in contention I, there for I, this. I personally got Clayton Oliver. Yeah, you can't go past Curry. Yeah, I got Clayton Oliver. But, Tyler's yeah. cousin. <laughs> Tyler's uh, matchstick cousin, yeah. I yeah, that. got to, to <laughs> support the Rangers. That's it. No souls and everything. They've got to... Do something and stick together. stick together. But yeah, like we touched That's on, like with that, the top four, there's always going to be like a great number of great plays out of the like we Obviously, you got your three pillars on the, the footy field, and like you've got stars across all of them. It's That's the, it. Uh, Clayton Oliver's the standout for me personally. And how about most improved then? I think it's oh, relatively obvious. Yeah. Yeah, I'd have to go with McDonald as well. It's pretty hard to kind of argue against him. Um, I'd also say, though... Sorry? Go turn. Yeah, I, was, yes, I had Cozzy Pickett was about to call. Yep. Yeah, that he's been uh, an excitement machine and he's shown quite a lot this this um, this um season. Uh, so moving on, spiritual leader? I reckon Petrarca or Gorn. Yeah, I'm going Gorn, personally. Gorn's been great. Uh, he's just... Obviously, he's their captain. Consistent. We Consistent. we just expect it from him, though, to some yeah. extent. Like he's just been awesome for the last three, four years. You just seems... going with Jake, Jake Lever. Lever, yeah, yeah, another good one. Too. Okay, yeah. Lever, yeah, all, all all good teams build up from defense, and like Richmond, um, they know how important defense is. You see the whole ground, you see the structures, and um, Lever really is a general in defense. Yeah, and and. Going off what Tony said there, like I remember we were talking about the game. I think it was Melbourne uh, Bulldogs when they had no crowds at the Marvel Stadium, um, and the like. You know how you can hear like the players talking and whatnot on the field a lot more. You could just hear Lever like from a mile away. He was so vocal in that back line. He's just a general in defence. So I, I completely agree. Beautiful. And then moving on to our second half expectations. I've got him, obviously, I don't know if I got him past the prelim. Like, I'd like, it, like obviously, don't get me wrong, if I'm great footing, I think they totally deserve the premiership in my thing. I just, there's something about, like, you know, finals experience that I think they still lack a bit. And I, I don't know, like, I mean, there's something just in me that just doesn't think they're going to win it. 
Kind of yeah. like kind of like all the minor premiers of the last couple of years. Like they just haven't won it. Like they've gotten there, but That's they it. haven't won it. Like they're a home and a se- home and away season team, and then until they get that experience and go, I, I just don't see them in it. But um, I think they're definitely going to finish minor premiers. I agree with you there, Hayden. In terms of home and away seasons, a different uh, kettle of fish to finals, and they've done extremely well um so far in the season and and i can and i think they will finish top of the ladder as well so i think they might lose one more game if that for the rest of the season maybe when they play the cats or maybe one or two more here or there but i think they've done enough to finish on top and then once they get you know minimum they'll get to a prelim i imagine and um they actually have probably one of they probably have the toughest run out of everyone to be honest okay on the way home but they also have the side and the players and they've been playing the best team football and the thing that really bodes well for them, especially on all the shows where they do a lot of analysis, is their defensive structure. Like Tony mentioned before, they're really focused on that. They've gotten all their off-field coaches and everyone in position. All their players are clicking. So the only thing I'm worried about is that they've peaked too early. And when it gets to you know a prelim or even if they made a grand final, I agree with you, Hayden, in terms of I just can't see them getting there um, just with that finals experience. Uh, but I still think they'll be better off for the run, you know, and they might get those nerves. Like when they get to that grand final week, they've never, the last what grand final they made was 2000. So no one obviously in the current squad were there then. And um, it'll just be such a different boat that it might get to their heads uh, one way or another. So I think it, it'd be, we'll just wait and see, but yeah. I'd like to add on grand final experience doesn't matter. Like Richmond didn't have any grand final experience when they won their first flag against Adelaide. So oh, that's a mute point. They played finals two, three years ago and made the prelim. So they the, has finals experience and they players like Lever have played in grand finals as well. Um, but yeah, expectations for me are for them to at least contest the grand final from here on out. Cause I think they're the best team in it. They're, style of play matches up with what a final style will be hard contested steady de- defense um and move the ball quickly so yeah for me that's what i expect of them for the year uh our gradings a plus a plus yeah, yeah. can't go wrong with it yep. i expect it to be bottom three before the you know right now <laughs> yeah uh, awesome all right well that's our wrap on all of our gradings um Sorry that we Ooh. had to do 12 tonight and uh, not 6 and 6, obviously. Previously, what we mentioned with last week, uh, with a family situation coming up, obviously family came first. So thanks for sticking us That's around too. for all that for tonight. And now we'll kind of just quickly, briefly go over this week's uh, games upcoming. Uh, we've got Very a, quickly. We've got a, like our, obviously we'll go through our favourite games of the round. Um, I'm just going to snag it off. Um, Martin or should right I now. kick it off? No, no, I'm going to snag it. <laughs> go, you, go. You, you can talk about it, but I'm going to say it's my game of the round is obviously um, tomorrow night, which is obviously the Cats versus... Who have you got? <laughs> Never know. <laughs> I, can't even, I can't even remember. <laughs> Long it's getting late. It's getting late, boys. Uh, so let's push it out. All right, I'm going to take over. So it's Brisbane versus the Cats at the Gabba. It'll be a full house. So it'll be an absolute ripper game. Remember the last one, the Cats stole it off them with the non-holding um, the ball uh, in the last minute with Blitz. So I think Lions could be out for blood, and they are the favourites for this game. I think the Cats are in form and, um, yeah, are in the better form of 
the two sides. So we will, um, yeah, I think the Cats will give him a red hot crack, but we'll actually have to bring it. If we bring what we brought last week against uh, the Doggies, I don't think that'll be good enough away from home to get the win. So I think it will be a really tight contest. We'll have to, for the Cats to get over the line, we'll need big games from our forwards and our mids because it'll be really one out of the middle. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Lockie Neal gets tagged again by O'Connor. Uh, he should be back for, I think, his first or maybe second game um, back from his injury. And, um, yeah, it'll just be a fascinating contest to see what happens, what, what's everyone else think. I just want a quick question. Um, also, for our AFL tipping tour, if anyone wants to jump on board that, uh, yes. in our socials, who are you going to tip for this one quickly, Martin? Because uh, it's pretty neck and neck between you, me, and Tony at the moment. Yeah, almost every week uh, or every big game, I almost tip against Geelong and then we end up kind of winning. So um, this week I'm going to break it and I'm going to go for the Cats to win this one by two points. Because I'm going to go Brisbane by about two or three points myself and I'm hoping hoping this edges me one bit closer because you're actually leading the tipping at the moment. Oh uh, well, you know, last week I changed my tip for the last game because in my another competition. I was going for um, the perfect, like, we had a jackpot, a weekly jackpot, and my margin was the worst, so I had to tip the upset in the last game. So I had the Bombers tipped, and I changed it to Hawthorne just trying to steal that last one. So I could be one further up easily, but I kind of gave that one away. Yeah. So. I really need to know, because I'm going to go Brisbane, and you're going to go Cats, and hopefully, sure. uh, hopefully, you know, uh, you can either get, it's make or break in a sense, because I'm sure we'll probably go similar on other tips. Um that like you know if i get that one obviously we're sure if i lose that one then obviously you get that two game break indeed indeed unless Tony okay. obviously chooses um thing and then similar. any of the other boys um have their two cents to put on what they expect from this game no nah, just a tight contest it'll be good red hot viewing and uh yeah have, it'll be a cracker game yeah, I reckon it's going to be a good game. I reckon Brisbane will, you know, come hard, seeing what, you know, the AFL rubbed of them last time. So I reckon they'll come out hard and try and, you know, blow Geelong out of the water. Beautiful. Well, let's move on. Clean up Selwood. Give him a bit of medicine back. My game, oh, the next game of the round I'd probably put up there is probably the Port Adelaide Sydney game, a battle between uh, six. Adelaide Oval should be a good game. Obviously, the fate is in port because ground, whatnot. Uh, see this one going. Uh, yeah. Adelaide take it. Yeah, Porter. I think it's yeah, they've got a few injuries, but they're still too strong for Sydney. Sydney have a lot of outs in the young team, and I think they're probably on the way down at the moment. So, yeah. I agree. Port this is what. This is what always happens with this Sydney side. We keep writing them off and it looks like they're gone and then they'll pull one out from nowhere. But having the Geelong um, Port game still fresh in the memory, I think Port do have too much talent and they are a very good side where, um, yeah, I think they'll they'll get it over. They'll get it over the Swans. But it should be a really good game, actually. Aaliyah Aaliyah playing against his old side. Yeah. Drew will add a little bit of extra fire to the belly. Like the third game that we're going to... Absolutely. For sure. For sure. This one will be a good one because obviously West Coast is 
so dominant at their home ground. They're coming off a really good win. Um, they've got fresh legs. Um, obviously now Dogs is coming off like a six-day break. No, they're coming off a week break. So they'll, well, from- they'll be all right in freshing up. But uh, it's always good to come off a refreshment. just depends how you get your legs going. Like, as as you know, it's always different when you come back from a bye. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no. I think uh, this one, personally, I think, as we were talking about the dogs, I think they're kind of going to float in that top four position. I think this one could be one they possibly slip, but I think after what happened last week, they'll definitely want to back it up. So uh, I've just got them in a tight one, the dogs. That uh, one thing I want to call out here is um, these sides have had some really tight contests recently. Oh. So remember, they did play in round two, and the dogs won by seven points, where the Eagles played really well. Um, it was so the dogs had the last two home games and they won, and the other one was they won by two points. So remember that was one of the games of the season, um, as well where they won forty nine to forty seven, uh, another doggies home game, and then but the two games before that and the previous two seasons were the Eagles home games and they um had comfortable wins. So it almost looks like just based on the history, the home side normally gets the chockies here, but it will be a really tight contest, and um I reckon uh the Eagles will just um, get them over there at a packed house over in Optus. All right, boys, we want to get into our dickheads of the week. Oh, sure. I'm happy to kick this one off. Um, so, yeah, watching the footy over the weekend, you know, in the at the end of the day, it was great um, that we were allowed to have some crowd at all at the Cats-Doggies um, game, and it was such a ripper game. That was good that at least it wasn't an empty stadium and eerie just to have those uh, fans. But one thing that we did notice is watching it where Isaac Smith had to jump over the fence and get the footy himself. There are some stands there where there are no fans at all. There's 6,000 people in a 30,000-seat stadium, yet either the AFL or the state government had them all crammed in there like sardines, going like, oh, isn't it only 6,000 so they can social distance? And no, they're all sat together, so I'm just going to call out the AFL slash the state government for being dickheads for you might as well let more people in there and actually just spread them out um, for the sake of it. And if not, even if they had the players still, sp- I mean the the fans in there, spread them out. Why do you got to pack them in there next to each other? So I heard it comes make down sense. to yeah, I heard it comes down to the budgeting, opening less gates and digitalization um, games. But it's Geelong. They don't have that many gates, and you can walk from one side of the ground to the other in minutes. I'm I'm talking more MCG, but I I, like you've seen it across like all the other games too. See, like everyone's just packed on one side of the stadium in one little bay. I I completely like I completely agree, but uh, I heard like that's generally the reason why they've been doing it. Heaps gates. But yeah, I I completely agree. Spread them across. Don't be don't be tight asses AFL and. You know. Mate, a lot of those cleaners haven't been working for ages. Give them high more of them, mate. Exactly. Stuff it. <laughs> exactly. Give them more work. That's it. Anyone else got a dickhead to call out this week? Yeah, I've got uh, Zach Williams. As usual, week in week out, he doesn't. He just doesn't want to play footy. He asks for this big what money, but he's just lazy, as Jonathan Brown said. Yeah, he, he absolutely him roasted him, didn't he? And he's just lazy. He's, Ask for a couple million a year or whatever he asks for, and just doesn't look like he wants to play footy. Good call. Cool. 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 Any dickheads for you, Tony? No. <laughs> Fair enough. 
Oh, good. All right, well, have we got any on Sunday? Like heroes? I sure do. So um, we've kind of mentioned him here or there, but um, I've got a couple of people to call out in general. Maybe one of them's not so unsung, but um, one of them that I'll start with is the young Bombers um, up-and-coming Harry Jones, Harrison Jones. Um, he actually did, I think, win the Rising Star this week, so to some yeah. extent he's not fully unsung. But um, his marks that he was taking in that tight game against Essen, I think, were close to, like, second best on ground, or just the effect of taking a big contested mark in a tight game. I think they're worth their weight in gold. So, um, yeah, I just want to call him out in terms of being really good in that game and really helping his side get over the line in a tight, in a tight one. Well, if I had an unsung it would be Gary Rowan wanting a goal off the sign. That's... Eh, nothing better. That's it. I don't know how unsung he is. He's got all the praise, I think, this oh, week. I, I think know, I've seen it like, play about a million times. I but, know, but like, you've got to be a hero. Like, technically, yeah. he's, he's been the hero for the game. Yeah, so. that's true, the literal hero. And that's why in that play, actually, so my other one that I was going to call out that well, would be um, Joel Selwood for the tap-on. Uh, like, Rowan oh. would have never had that shot at goal for if Selwood didn't get that, um, just that knock-on that he doesn't get a stat for. It's a one-percenter. It was a contested ball. He just willed himself there. He's done it time, time and time again. And um, I hope it's not the last time we see him do that either, where, yeah, he just knocks it forward, uh, gets it out into the space. And then from there, we had the run on with, what, like 20 seconds or less left on the clock at the time. Any player who's been reported twice in a week should not be a hero. Unsung hero. He's a legend and a hero. All right. I knew you'd like that. And there's our final siren. So now it's off to our crazy predictions. It's been a long one, but we're getting through it. Um, for the crazy predictions, I'll kick it off this week. Um, I've actually got Chris Scott and um, Chris Fagan to get in the blue again, and I'm then sure. and then um, <laughs> and then I've got um, Tony next week to call Chris Scott dickhead of the week. So that's my crazy prediction. <laughs> It's not that crazy. I think um, Tony calling anyone from Geelong or associated with Geelong the dickhead of the week is paying a dollar or two. So, well, it didn't happen this week. So, I'll be that short. Well, I was waiting for you to call out Selwood as the dickhead of the week. He's raising the odds. He's raising the odds. <laughs> That's why it wasn't a dollar or one, a dollar or two. I mean, his celebration in the box, that was a bit. Oh, that was awesome. How good was that? Because he could swear and just yell out. And I love when they called, like, how. He was yelling that much and so happy and everything that, like, the mask even got caught in, in the bottom part of his mouth. Yeah. Like, he went up because he's like, yeah, fuck yeah, come on. Like, because <laughs> like, you never see it. So, it was just really good to see. I should call him the unsung hero for the week for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyone else's crazy prediction? Yeah, I'll go. I've got uh, Jake Stringer this week to come off his last week. Is four goals, and I reckon he'll get 35 disposals. He'll show Melbourne that he's, you know, wants a big payday. Show us that he wants a big payday. You know, prove that he's one of the, you know, better midfield slash forwards in the game. Oh, crazy prediction. My um, crazy prediction for the week is I'm actually going to call a couple, um, not massive upsets, but a couple upsets this week where I think the Gold Coast will respond to the heavy criticism. Uh, no better time than playing against last of the ladder North Melbourne, although they've been all right, like not terrible in terms of getting a draw recently and showing a little bit here or there. I'm tipping uh, the Gold Coast to actually play a really good game like they did against the Hawks not that long ago down in Tassie. 
And um, I'm going to tip them to win by 30-plus um, this week against North. And to some extent, similar with um, Carlton Adelaide. The bookies have Carlton as the favourite, but I can see Adelaide doing what they've done this season to multiple sides and just um, playing some good footy, kicking a few snags and um, pushing Carlton lower if that's even possible. Let's call it 20 points. Tony, your crazy prediction? Uh, North will win. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that. Crazy. That's crazy, but it, it's so, like, it, it is a good call. <laughs> only happened once this year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good call. Good call. Good call. All right, well, that's us from AFLaholics. Uh, I'd just like to say I'll call a spade a spade, and thanks, uh, Tyler. You did a great job tonight. Um, thank you for coming. Hanging on. in there. We really appreciate you hanging around. Um, and to everyone, th- if you got to this point, really appreciate it. And all the best for your teams this weekend. And we'll uh, catch you in the next one. Cheers. That's it. Thanks, guys. Right. Have a good one. Yeah. You can find these three idiots on their socials. Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Under AFLaholics. Kiss your dad on the lips for me, and we will see you in the next one.